Call Matty anytime. 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to Morning Glory with Matty Johns. Yes, welcome to Morning Glory and uh, big shout out. I say that every week, but honestly, it just keeps getting bigger. It's just the balloon that just keeps just getting blown in. I don't know what it's, it's, uh, it's it just puffs and puffs and puffs, uh, puffs and pretty soon it might burst. Almost burst last week. That's a different story. Uh, Origin uh, team is going to discuss that. We're going to preview uh, also review the game from last night, the Jerome Luai situation. We're about to talk about Craig Bellamy. Of course, uh, decided to coach on. I don't think there's any surprise there. Movie of the week is just a beauty. Uh, fever pitch, of course, uh, the true story on that, uh, that last day in the EPL when uh, Arsenal, uh, FC won. Great movie, Colin Firth. Sydney Morning Herald's Andrew Webster. Webby, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'll go, I'm, I'm about to give you and Ben a wrap. Yeah. I tell you what, I like the new glasses you wore today. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Started early. Yes, it has. Uh, Maestro, how are you going, Alex? Very, very well. Very, very well, Matty. Mate, we'll talk about it a little bit later. What about Manchester City? Oh, Just different Roma class. Drew. Different class. Oh, man. Probably the best. We were talking about it off air. One of the best performances. Excuse me. Emotional. Getting emotional. It's okay, mate. It's only in the game. The voice was going to break eventually. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was. It was super exciting. I was really happy for it. Oh, mate, I couldn't believe it either. (laughs) Uh, We've got the pirate of Pennant Hills Road, Ben Hogarth. There you go, Benny. I am going well, Matthew. Finally, I'm well. Well, as I said, there's a rap coming. Your way as well. Oh, Second. Yeah. Uh, and a bloke in a bar, the Jeff Bezos of Sydney, <laughs> the surrounding suburbs of the Pan Pacific Bowl. Oh, oh my uh, God. How you going, Denon? Mate, fantastic. Rugby league. She's a gift that keeps on giving. Oh, <laughs> oh, mate. Really, anything happened this week? <laughs> uh, uh, boys, Webby, uh, Ben, before mm. we get into the negatives and start backstabbing people, uh, which is the rugby league way, it's fun. Um, mate, congratulations, mate, you blokes. feels like I'm, I'm so proud of my team. Turning up under adversity, you blokes had the last rights um, put on you through the week, uh, but you're here. Spy- I, 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 honestly, I was trying to assembly, assemble a new team because I thought you guys were down for the count. I had the spicy cough second time, mm. but I got through it. So yeah. COVID? COVID, yes, I had COVID. I tested positive on Monday, went home, went, ooh, ouch. By Wednesday, I was negative. So, how was it compared to the first time? Uh, first time, I had no symptoms. I just tested because I had my daughter's birthday party on. This was a couple of years ago, and then this time I had a runny nose on Monday. Tested, there it was, and that was the end of it. That was the extent of it. You really are a warrior, mate. I'm a strong. You should go on Ninja Warrior. Unbreakable, <laughs> mate. Unbreakable is what my wife calls me. Oh, really? I don't get sick. I'd say remove the un. (laughs) uh, And Webby, Mm. you were probably as sick as, would you fair say, almost as sick as you've ever been? Uh, Apart from a few hangovers, yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know who I blame? The eighth immortal. Sitting here in the stadium. Don't give it to me. I know, I know, Rich, that's a (laughs) criticism. Well, yeah, no, I'm a bit bit sensitive to people sitting there coughing their lungs up in a small studio, not covering their mouth while looking directly at you. He was. He was particularly ill last Friday, and both Webby and I went down. I accused him of COVID. And but I think he did spit in uh, Webby's mouth at some stage, and that's why Webby's oh. like this. Well, because you were you were bad from Saturday, yeah. Well, I, I was. So, I've never been so sick. Saturday yeah. and Sunday, I was 
Yeah, I was I was that worried. I was thinking about going to emergency. Wow. Can you? I oh, know. I was what? <laughs> you like the bloke that gets stretched off and then he comes back on a place. Oh. <laughs> He's after yeah, some mate, love. He's I have done the some... right thing. You attack me in the cafe. <laughs> <laughs> you attack me, laughing me about being crook on air. Oh, this, you know what? It's the, it's, it's the new way with Morning Glory. It's just host clashing on air. Oh, well, you know what? I can give it pretty good too. Yeah. So watch out. <laughs> hey, by the way, on the 8th Immortal, happy birthday, Andrew. Uh, wherever you may be. <laughs> He's already gone missing a have little you, bit. Have yeah? you spoken to him this week? No, I haven't. No, there hasn't really been. More importantly. Which is not unusual. We sort of give each other a break for a little while. <laughs> yeah, right. Joey's like the bloke at the, at, the, at the pub that gets barred every three months just to give everybody a break. Um, but no, I haven't heard from him. Um, Have you heard from anyone else in your family? Have they been calling? Are they worried? Mum rang. She goes, oh, no. I said, Mum. It's banter from my part. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a bit of a laugh. He had a laugh. Yeah, he? he did. Yes, yeah. he did. We said once, <laughs> as I was walking out just after it, walking it, I was off to the toilet. Too much information. I'm a sharer. And uh, I walked past and I give him a little rub on the shoulders. I said, yeah, okay, little brother. He goes, oh, I'm okay. It was just banter. I went, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Good. Um, Craig Bellamy announced through the week. He's going to stay on uh, on Monday. He said he's going to stay at the Storm for another year. No surprises there, Webby. You can't say goodbye, can you? Yeah, mate. It's tough to say sometimes. Never... Oh, I, I thought it was – look, he, he, he just seems genuinely torn about walking away from that football team and those players. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was right eight weeks ago, like all the Mar was, he was done. There's absolutely no way. He talked to anyone at the Storm, anyone close to him. They thought there was no way in living hell that he would be uh, coaching beyond this year. But then – when it came, comes to the crime, I just – and this has been going on for the last 10 years. Like, he just keeps going, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And to be honest, I reckon that's why Jason Rolls has gone for the Dragons job because, like, he could wait another year. I agree. But it's like, well, hang on. Well, he was going to – Bellamy wasn't going to go this year. going to go another year yeah. this time, and he has again, so. Mm. Well, I, I just – I think, you know, it's – I am not surprised that he continued on because I – and this is pure assumption and pure speculation – I think the competitor in him really wants to win a comp without. I agree. One of the big three. I think the challenge mm. of people saying, "Well, it's a pretty skinny roster. That era has ended, and he's gone." Hang on a second. I also think, like, don't shouldn't underestimate the rivalry between he and Wayne. That just that oh, fire yeah. in the belly that just sim, simmers along. Suddenly now people are saying, "Well, Wayne is the greatest coach of all time," and I get no doubt. That's just, you know, it's just probably tickled. Belly ache a little bit. Yeah. Get, have another go. Yeah. It's such an interesting argument, though, because obviously Wayne's done it at multiple clubs, but Bellamy's done it in a state that doesn't play rugby league without any real local juniors, well, not no local juniors yeah. whatsoever. And all the players that basically came through during that dominant period were brought in by Bellamy, yeah. except for Cam Smith, who was already at the club. I think Kelmar Tualangi was the only one, and they decided because that wasn't Stormway to get rid of him, <laughs> turn it around. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. What did alarm me, I must say, when he made the announcement on Monday, was that he sought counsel from Cameron Munster. <laughs> now, if I'm Matt Tripp, when I think that my head coach is taking life advice of Cameron Munster, I think that's a sackable offence. <laughs> <laughs> In other news, 
Uh, Josh Papali uh, <laughs> announced yesterday that he won't uh, partake in this this year's Origin series. I think it is probably typical of the man being um, a selfless decision where a lot of players you see continually go on to the point that they don't get picked. Mm. He's had a look and see, he probably can see that it's the next generation of young blokes coming through and just said, you know, my time's been. Yeah. I, I think as well, it's, um, it's really interesting to see the kind of reaction with it as well. There hasn't been much controversy or friction. It's almost as if say, yeah, mate, you had a red hot crack. You delivered as much as you could for the state and it's a bittersweet but happy moment, I think. That's yep. a, that's the feeling I got anyway in regards to on social media. But just the way it was being handled, and I, I'm pretty sure he even didn't want to release the news now because it would take away from the boys in camp. That's that's what I um I think his partner said. So I that's think how it, much it. You cares. know, Dan, and I think it, and, and I think it's a bit of, I think it's got a little bit to do with the Raiders as well. Mm. I think it's a bit of loyalty to the Raiders, saying mm. that I'm at the point of in my career that. You know, I probably haven't got it. You know, if I go and play another Origin series, I can't, at the most important part of the year, I can't contribute to the Raiders the way I'd like to. And, mate, the Raiders are in the midst of having a terrific season. Unbelievable. With five in a row. Yeah. yeah. Guess how many series Papaliti's won? Six. Jeez. Six yeah. series. Like, in the in the middle? I mean, I know he started on the edge, but that's a fair knock. Wow. But don't you reckon from a Queensland point player. of view, though, like, he, like he, he's, he obviously leaves a hole, but... They've got so they're so flush with, oh, with middle got... forwards. Meanwhile, New South Wales are struggling because of because oh, of injuries. I say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> New South Wales have questions. And Queensland answer. know how they're going to play. That's the scary <laughs> Mate, thing. Okay. T- t- oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unbreakable. Okay. Ben contacted Joe just to see if he'd like to make an appearance today. Just a, just a brief appearance. And uh, the text message come back. Yeah. He. I said, Hey, Joey. Um, would you like to come on the show? He goes, No, it's my birthday. I have things planned. That's fine, mate. And then he said, I have to also check training because we don't know how we're playing yet. Oh. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Getting cut up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Joey, he's India. Oh, but that's mate. good. I love the passion. Yeah. You know, if half the New South Wales players had that passion, we'd win. Yeah. Joey, Joey is New South Wales. He, he I remember. Is, I saw, you know, remember. Remember that when they lost, they lost game two in Sydney. They could have won the series after winning the first game. And I remember it being in the rooms afterwards. This is the infamous year when they stayed at the Star Hotel. Don't know why you'd base an Origin team out of a casino. Oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. and Andrew Fafita actually <laughs> criticised that that very point after the game. I remember seeing Boyd Corner after the game um, was basically on the verge of tears. He was in tears when I was talking to him. And there's Joey steaming around the, oh. the the dressing room with the Channel 9 microphone. So he was supposed to be talking to people and he was so Is that dark. the one where they weren't that's when he went targeting Mitch- JT? Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. And that's where he was he was he got he ripped into Mitchell and mm. it was but I remember that's the that's the passion that yeah. New South Wales needs more of. He'd ring me the day after sometimes go, mate, and just ramble for eight minutes. And I was like, mate, tell somebody who cares. <laughs> I mean, really. Right, let's take a tournament of passion. Let's take a uh, break. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, the Panthers, the Broncos, and also the uh, Jerome Luai situation. And uh, look, later in the show, we were going to have sound advice, but uh, Jack Johns has pulled out. Apparently, the Knights are on their way flying to Coffs Harbour. I said, mate, you're 18th man. Please just drive there. And just anyway, I want to apologise to all the listeners on on on, your, on behalf of our family. They're, just gutless. They're not flying to Coffs Harbour, are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, it is. It is four and a half hours, Ben. 
I know. Well, but no, not everyone's Mike and Mal Leyland, mate. Okay. <laughs> mate, it's, yeah. a three, it's three and a half, surely. Newcastle? No, nah, about four. Newcastle to Coffs? About four and a half. Yeah. Mate, hang, hang, hang Get him on, on a bus. Bring some stability to the team. Mate, I used to around do, them. I used to do that trip biannually, mate. Four and a half, maybe even five. <laughs> mate, sorry, yeah, in the 1970s, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, that's a really cheap shot. That hit me, hits me where it hurts. Last night, Penrith, uh, 15-4 over the Broncos. Penrith at the moment, are just the way, the patience in which they're playing and building their their, their game and building towards results. Saw it the week before against the Roost. It's just the inside balls, the inside balls, not chasing points, even though points will come. They will bring it. But before we sort of delve more into the into Penrith, um, geez, I tell you, a lot to like about Brisbane at the moment. You know, they've won one from the last four, but they've played red-hot sides. The last two weeks, they've had to play without their most important bloke, Adam Reynolds. I think, mate, I think they're looking good. Mate, I, I loved it. I loved it. Like, yeah, okay, an attack, bit clunky. Yeah, we were missing points, and obviously Reynolds is is that guy. I said before the game, it wasn't about uh, attack for the Broncos because we didn't have Reynolds. It was about, you know, Jock is Adam Reynolds that much better of a defender than Jock Madden? I'd, I'd say they're probably similar in, in regards to how they defend. Therefore, it's all about how well we defend, and I thought they were gallon as anything. The Panthers at one stage were at, I think it was about 30 minutes in, they were at about 95% completion rate. Yeah. And the Broncos just defended, defended, defended. I think, I actually think I got more out of that than I did out of them beating the Tigers 40-12. to 12. Mm. I thought Kevin Wilder's mm. press conference was really interesting. Like, as he said, where he said, we're at the start of you know, of, of building what the what Penrith had got that, now. I thought that was very good. Yeah, it was very measured, Kevy. I thought it re- he's actually shown his temperament in this season, just show. I reckon he's really developed in yeah. terms of like it's. It's not. It's. It, I think he understands it's a longer game. It was so true, wasn't it? Where he said we played against a side that's been, been in this le- level and used to this type of football for about three or four years. He mm. said we've just arrived here. They just have to be patient, Brisbane. Mm. I mean, yeah. they've got so much talent, and Reese Walsh. Some of his touches. Yeah. Last mm. night. Like, he's just – that kid's going to be anything. It's scary how skillful he is. That kick he put for Cobo, you know, just on a 20-cent piece in the corner there for him to score was amazing. But, but well, Carrick – Maybe even a five – a dime? A dime. I don't yeah. know. Maybe a button. <laughs> maybe um, an American quarter. Oh yeah, good. Maybe like a Panadol. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Carrigan, that 60-odd tackles? 69. 69 tackles. Only one miss. Unbelievable. That's incredible. Jeez, he's a play. He and Hass, that combination. Mm. They will end up, I think, the best yardage combination with the game soon. But I also so reckon it was a grown-up game of football. Like, I, I mean, you could tell that, like, it was greasy and the and the, and the the surface still hasn't really come up after Magic Ground. So mm. they did what they had to do. But Brisbane's defence was Good. ridiculous. Mm. Uh, Nathan Cleary, like, when you talk – it wasn't a typical – Cleary masterclass because when you think about Nathan, you think about his passing and particularly his kicking. Last night it was a really tough, rugged performance, and I love it when he runs for football, Nathan. Mm. I, it I, just complements his passing game so much. Yeah, I love the fact that you're seeing Nathan realize, well, not realize, maybe grow or build out other parts of his game and and identifying. I'll never forget when they the Queensland one is like 2020 in the Origin. DCE just he kind of taught Cleary a lesson in like yeah. sometimes the game isn't going to go to your strengths. Yep. And DC really did a really good job at just kicking New South Wales out of the game. And what I love about Cleary now 
is he'll identify, okay, this passing at the moment is not working. Yes. I just need to keep hammering the line, hammering the line, and it's yeah. it's going to come. And that's interesting, Dan, because what you see with players like Nathan Cleary, and it was the case with Cooper Cronk, mm. is they go into a game with – uh, almost a GPS in their head mm. of where, how they think the game's going to go. And sometimes when it doesn't pan out that way, you can see they're fighting against it. Like, they get frustrated. Mm. It was the case for for, a, for quite a while with Cooper because he was playing in a side that would get away to a fast lead and then he would just control the game. But at the back end of his career, Cooper was able to do what you're saying with Nathan is starting to do now. Recognise plan A is not working and mm. then just shift. Like Nathan's like uh, legendary for how much analysis he does, and he carries around his little notebook, and he's always doing video. Can you do too much? Can you do too much analysis before a game? I think so. Yeah, mm. you can. You can. I, th- I think it just depends on the person, really. Because yeah. some people get stressed out by it. Some people gives them comfort. Yeah. By mm. realizing they know everything. Like some people enjoy a beer the night before because it just relaxes them, gets them in the mm. night, and it, just one, not a thousand, mm. just one beer. Well, the LeBron James has. They said a bottle of wine. Not for a uh, really? game. No way. Yeah. No. Something tells me that it wouldn't be a cheap bottle either. No. <laughs> don't, don't I mean, look, the, I don't drink don't any. Don't get me the uh, 44, would you? Ever? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, bottom line is when I go out, you know, anything less than a $500 bottle of wine is swill. But anyway, that's that's just as me. As, as long as it's in a car. As long as it's in a cask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't need a glass. <laughs> what, uh, uh, what, do we think of, what do we think of the big... <laughs> what, do we, what do we think of the Luai push? Well, I've got no doubt that he thought it was a Broncos player mm. and he's just giving the push and then turned around. You can see he's gone, oh, man. Well, um, the, well Chris Sutton's death stare probably that – that was a face of thunder. Well, how are you, sir? Sort well, this could – Get you your know, hands you know, off me, <laughs> you peasant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> a succulent Chinese meal. I'm not a penis, people. Oh. Um, what, the, what was that? Nah, it's just – John Wayne does that. Haven't you seen that? Yeah. No, what's it from? Uh, succulent Chinese, uh, Chinese meal. Guy gets arrested. You haven't seen that? It's one of the great video clips he all the time. He, uh, he, rest in peace, old mate. He's no longer Sorry, with us. I don't look at social media. He was a guy notorious. <laughs> he was a guy notorious for going to restaurants and then not paying. Like, you know, the old cockroach on the plate and stuff like that. Anyway, this one Chinese restaurant had enough. He'd been there before and they called the police. And it's the midst of, in the midst of a, an arrest. And he comes out the front. Instead of sort of a typical criminal covering the face, he finds the cameras and he goes, A meal? Arrested for enjoying a succulent Chinese meal? I have seen it. I, uh, I remember it now. Uh, what do you think with the Luai? I think the, I think he'll get fined. I don't think he'll get game time. I think it was a genuine mistake. You could see his reaction um, at the time and after the game. But it's Jerome Luai, and he seems to have this innate ability to piss off everybody who's not involved with Penrith. So I'm sure there'll be an outcry. <laughs> yes. Will it be in Queensland? If it oh, is only yeah. if I, it'll, it'll oh, have they, another layer. Well, they do have a bit of a whinge up there. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. We're yeah. pretty good at uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, on Luai, apart from the push, like after his performance against the Roosters, it was like, okay, here's the six. But did he deliver the knockout blow on Nico Hines last night? I don't think he did. I think he's left the door ajar if Nico does a, a nine out of ten. You know how, like, Nathan seemed to pick the exact time to run and invariably got through the line? I just thought Luai tried that so many times to run the ball. I thought he overran the ball last night and just got 
pancaked. Mm, mm. Like he just, I didn't. Yeah. He just didn't seem. He does. He does. Just doesn't seem to have the penetration. I know he was really good against the Roosters last week. Mm. He just doesn't have the penetration that he used mm. to. Yeah, I think the door's just left the door ajar a little bit for Nico. Mm. Uh, I do think they'll go with Luai. I do too. Yeah. I too just on another note with the Broncos again. Herbie Farmworth and Thomas Flegler. Oh. What a loss they're going to be. Mate, yeah. Herbie gets more dangerous every time I watch him play. Herbie, there was a period there, even this year, where I was like, Herbie's a really good NRL player, but I don't know whether he's a superstar, a game breaker. And I just, every week, I get more close, I get closer to going, you know what, that might be wrong. He may become a superstar because mm. the amount of impact he has on that Broncos side is immeasurable. He will be such a loss, such hey, a loss. Who's playing good the last few weeks? Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Like he sort yeah. of dropped out of discussions with with Origin. They got some. They got some tough. They got some tough calls because there's mail going around on Fox and and Turbo. They'll be picked, and then you got Latrell and you got To'o. So Campbell Graham. Oh, Campbell, Campbell Graham, Graham, of course. You know, like yeah. you know, I said uh, I said a couple of weeks ago to Matty White. I said if he doesn't get selected, I'll walk to Queensland. <laughs> Tell you, what, you just don't Oops. know. I might have to buy a new pair of sneakers. <laughs> um, Dan, in your Queensland side, mate. My Queensland side, yes, this is hurts because I have so much love for the players that have played, but I'll just uh, rip the band aid off. Okay. Good on you. Ponger. Trooper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you started um, it, I'll end it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Queensland spirit, mate. You don't get yeah, it. Good. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ponger at the back. Oh, Kemp slams Walsh. Cobo on one wing, Hamisa on the other wing, Holmes in the centres, Gagai, DC, Munster, Hunt to start. Then in the uh, front row, I have Collins, Welsh to start, Fafida, Kofusi on the edges, Carrigan at 13. My bench is Grant, Fa'asumalawi, Blegler, Cotter, Dearden 18. Yeah. Good team. That's a very, very strong team. Jeez, I tell you, isn't Fafita playing good football? And that's that's one that hurt me the most because Kurt Catewell, he, he is what yeah. Origin's all about. Like He's the guy that you might be a little bit quiet at club and he gets to Origin and he's just so good at covering positions. He's always the guy doing the cover tackle or the, some big play. So the the one that was the hardest was the Fafita and uh, yeah. uh, Kate Catewell. Ball. And if you wanted to go for a bench that carried an edge that could cover, then you'd have to make the tough choice of, Maybe Flegler drops out and mm. and uh, Catewell comes in, but yeah. I don't know. Flegler t- sort of typifies how at this time of the year you see the like all of these Queensland forwards, mm. you just see them elevate. Mm. Oh. Like you've seen them just like you know, like I'm Gus used to say, uh, you know, words to the effect of, you know, selectors don't pick you, pick yourself. Yeah, Flegler's the perfect. Flegler has just uh, he's elevated himself in presence and physicality in the last month. Well, and, he, and he's got this unique ability to be able to handle as physical as the game gets. He can handle it. But he's actually got pretty good footwork, yeah. and I think that yes. it may be something that if you've got a junior Paolo and a Hassan, it may give them a bit of trouble around the ruck because Hassan Paolo laterally sometimes is a bit because they're so big. Yeah, uh, in defence anyway, they do sometimes can get. Well, actually beaten. Well, during those really difficult seasons uh, recently at the Broncos, I thought he was the shining light. That young Flagler coming into the side with mm. his footwork, and that, <coughs> to us, <a, coughs> excuse me, 
Just getting emotional myself. <laughs> Thinking about Man City again. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but uh, but the emergence of Carrigan is sort of overshadowed a little bit. But sure. mate, he's, he's, he's certainly What about on. Carrigan? Oh, man. He, his ability to ball play is just getting better and better. And, and handsome. Oh, he's so handsome, so strong. Good hair. Great awesome hair. Awesome hair. Earned mm. a man bun. I think he's earned that man bun. No, no don't ruin it with a man bun. Well, he's got one. On, he's earned it. He's earned, I'll tell you what, he'll be Thor this morning. Right? After last night, 69 tackles. He does call himself the Queensland Thor, doesn't he? Or Brisbane's Thor. Does he really? Yeah, he was re- very, very Thor. Uh, he was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, what we're going to do after the break, we've got uh, 10 minutes smoking Kemp. Yeah, top of the third hour, 11 o'clock, uh, layman. Um <laughs> We're going to have our uh, New South Wales origin sides. Uh, but uh, right today in the uh, Daily Telegraph, uh, some really crucial decisions ahead. We touched on Luai and, and Nico Hines. But firstly, the Cam Murray as Isaiah situation is that to get the best set, I, I just, you know, I think odds on they're going to pick Murray on the edge. In my opinion, to get the best set, it just diminishes his strengths so much. I, I've said before, for, for New South Wales to be the side, the best side it can possibly be, you've got to have both. You've got to have find a way to have Isaiah Yeo and Murray in the middle. Now, two ways you can do it mm. is that you can put Murray on, on the edge and the first interchange around 25 minutes, you, sw- you, know, you bring an edge back rower on, you push him into the middle. But I'll be honest with you, I'd just keep him out of that early 20, 25 minutes. That, that like... I think origin still is the domain of the old-fashioned softening up period. And what we saw last year is the amount of HIAs in that first 20, 25 minutes. I'd keep him, I'd keep him right out of that. And the other thing about Murray is, is and Denon touched on it there about big guys, and what you see in origin, it is so fast with the cleaner rucks now and the six-again rule that after 20 minutes, size in the middle is just a defensive liability. Mm. So to bring Murray on during, you know, after 20 minutes, totally fresh, keep him out of all that crap, I think he'd just be, I think he'd be devastating. Uh, I mean, at the bottom line is, you know that Nathan's the chief playmaker and you've got Isaiah that'll be the other option there. Like Murray does a lot of ball playing at South Sydney, but he's smart enough, he's intelligent enough to know that you know, that he's going to have to push that away. The bottom line is he's dangerous enough just using his fast feet. Thoughts, Webby? Oh, I agree. It's just that it's it's almost like between the back line and also that position in particular, lock, that New South Wales, it's it's going to be really interesting to see which way they go. And it's going to be interesting to see whether Fittler, off the, even though they lost last year, whether he plays it safe and conservatively mm. or whether he... Goes for it. Whether he goes I, for I, it. I will say, and I know you should never select on what the other team's selecting. Oh, well, some people say that anyway. Mm. But your record win, uh, especially game one, 2021, he was on the edge and he did an absolute job on David Fafita. Mm-hmm. Absolute job on him. Just chopped him. Every time he got the ball, Cam Murray was in his face, just chopped him. And so I do think there's a benefit, even though I... I love the way Mal Meninga used him for Australia. He'd bring him on through the middle as almost like a front rower and yep. just quick play the balls, quick play the balls and just change the tempo of the game. Yep. So I, I'm i torn. I, I yeah. believe... Defensively, I, he's good on the edge. So There's no good. doubt about that. It's just he's such a weapon in attack. Yeah. Uh, who we touched on there, but we, we... 
touched on something before. Anyway, it's just gone. We, we, at the no, moment, you got Liam Martin. Yeah, who will probably good. There's mail going about Frizzell. That there might is get a, a bit yeah, there call. Is, There's yeah. a lot going around. Would you go Hutto Young though on the other edge though? Well, I, I think he, I think he deserves a spot in the mm. seventeen. Mm. I think Mar- it's just, it, it's, it, it's funny our side. There's like a lot of players. You know, a lot of the mail's wrong because you just get a mile of mail. Mm. Oh, am I going to pick this plate? They just can't. They just can't pick them all, of no. course. But in certain positions, we're overloaded. That centre winger position overloaded. A little bit like. Um, in our in our back row and through the middle, we've got a mile of players it's just trying to find that right that right formula. Yeah, is Cookie lock in number nine? For I, you guys? I think he's a lock. Would you go eighty or would you put Appy on the bench? That's the uh, big, That's the other big question. Isn't it, it changes your whole and Hines can't play. You know what I mean? No, yeah, exactly. It changes everything. Yeah, I know that's yeah. that's a good tease coming up at eleven o'clock. The other one, of course, <laughs> is made the Luai Nico situation, which we just touched on there, and like I think in. Another performance like he did against the Roosters last night would have shut the door on Nico with, as far as uh, Jerome Luai is concerned. But they both offer slightly more. Like what Luai's got going for him, of course, is that combination with Nathan. And he's a great deputy to Nathan. He doesn't encroach on Nathan unless he sees you know a better opportunity. And he just plays that role. What you get with Nico Hines, Nico, what he's, what he's become at, at Cronulla, He's a full field player. He's a chief playmaker. Now, that's the domain of Nathan Cleary. Mm. However, when you look back at how he played at the Melbourne Storm, he was he was the deputy there alongside Jerome Hughes and Munster, and he did it very, very well. So it just depends what Freddie's after. You know what my philosophy is on it? Mm. It's like New South Wales have lost the series. Um, they don't yeah. have to be loyal to anybody. I agree. I show, they have to show it. They, I agree. You've got to show it to some extent. But... If that, like you've got, you've got the reigning M player of the year, yep. arguably the best player in the comp, throw him in there yeah, just I to agree. change it. And they they were the big decisions that Fittler made when he first came in. Everyone goes thought he just looked like a big sliding doors moment. He came in and Queensland lost all their great players. He did pick yep. what was it, eleven debutants yeah. in that in that first uh, so, first yeah. game. Like I think that's the mindset New South Wales need to get again, where they're prepared to play, be risky and make some big make some big selection calls. I don't, I don't know. I, I like the. I I think Hines is clearly playing better individually, but there's something about combinations that for me that matter. That Cleary, Yo, Luai, trialed and true. We know. I I reckon you give Luai game one, and then it's it. The other thing that Nico gives you, Denon, is that if something happens to Nathan, if something happens to Nathan, for whatever reason, you know. Um, is that you can straight away you've got another bloke who can run the football side mm. at the moment? It, it, I don't know. I don't think Jerome at this point. I don't think he's the sort of player that if Nathan goes down, you go right. You got to run the football side. Mm. I'd have Hines at fourteen. Yeah, right. For, for exactly that. Yep. The fact that he, we know he can play fullback. We know he can play six, seven. Probably even put him in the centre if you had to. Mm. Um, and I'd play Cookie for 80 minutes. Jeez, I tell you what. We've done a tease for the top of the third hour. I just... Big ratings. Big <laughs> revenue. <laughs> You're welcome, Hutchie. <laughs> we'll take a break. 10 minutes smoking camp next. Yeah, it's time for 10 minutes smoking camp. Let's kick off with a bit of Slice of Denon. Denon, we uh, take a, a little uh, grab or a slab out of your uh, uh, award-winning podcast. Who you got for us this week, brother? We got the great Jonathan Thurston, uh, an absolute privilege to be able to sit down with him and just hear his incredible story. And 
you know, origin, around origin time, if there's a person that typified origin, it's, it's Thurston. You know, I'll never forget him kicking that conversion with his shoulder hanging off. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about, you know, we see the end product and we remember the end product, but we forget these guys were young too. They were rookies too that needed to learn the ropes. So we spoke about that. I'll take us quickly just back to origin debut. How'd you, and also what's so incredible about this, this is the start. This is the start of the dynasty. Yeah, so 2005, um, we had a good start to the year with the Cowboys. Mm. And, um, yeah, I remember getting the phone call. Um, I had a heap of my mates in Townsville that watched the Cowboys play. So they were all staying at my place. And uh, we got the phone call. I'm like, I'm playing Origin. And it all just erupted in the house. And then, you know, we go out and have a big night. And... uh, (laughs) Yeah, get to the airport in the morning, <laughs> yeah. all the boys are fresh and I'm hung up. <laughs> and Billy Johnson just gives me a spray straight away and I'm like, oh, it's not a good start. But um, yeah, you know, get into camp. Um, Michael Hagen was our coach yep. then in 2005 and um, yeah, I remember uh, a training uh, session. So I think it might have been our second training run. Um because I was just like a massive fan of Lockie. So, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like I just uh, idolised him. Yeah. And uh, here I was, you know, playing alongside him. And, um, yeah, I was pretty much a passenger. And, mm. uh, yeah, he pulled me aside and said, you know, for me to do my job, I need you to do your job. So, yeah, yeah. you and Smithy get the boys around the park. And when I want it, it's your, you know, job to get me the ball. And, yeah, we are. I was just like, oh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. So, you know, that was a big uh, moment for that week. And then, uh, yeah, the game rolls around and I think we might have been 18 nil up at halftime. And I remember walking off the uh, ground uh, at Suncorp going, Origin's not what it's all cracked up to be, <laughs> like, thinking that. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we come out and I think it's like 25 minutes in or might have been half an hour into the second half where behind 1918. Oh. <laughs> and I've never, ever, ever in my life thought that again about Origin. Um, so I learnt a lesson extremely quickly. But, uh, yeah, that was, you know, a big clutch moment uh, for myself as mm. well. Um, I kicked the field goal uh, to send it into extra time and yep. uh, Matty Bowen uh, takes the intercept. Bro, I was uh, sitting. I was sitting. Because yeah, we so, played in the Queensland game before you guys. Yep, yeah. And I was just sitting there watching and it was like right there. Yeah, I know. He just pounced on it and, uh, yeah, put it on the sticks and I just remember running down towards him and he's, people jumped over like all on top of him and, um, yeah, so we won that game and then uh, they brought a bloke back uh, oh. named Andrew Johns <laughs> uh, for game two and three and I don't think I've ever learnt as much um, about a rugby league game uh, from an opposition player mm. than I did in those two games uh, yeah, well, playing yeah. against Joey. Yeah. Um, his pass selection, uh, his kick selection, um, you know, his running game. Um, and, yeah, he just come back and, um, yeah, schooled us. <laughs> Mate, uh, unbelievable. And, yeah, so that was uh, quite heartbreaking, but... Um, yeah, learnt so much from those two games by playing against him. Mate, geez, that's uh, that's good, isn't it? Like, mm. I remember that game with the Matty Bowen one where Noddy saw opportunity, 
which was on, but Matty Bowen, with his great instincts, picked him off outside in for the intercept. Um, Lockyer, really interesting, mate. I need you to do your job. You know, just get me the ball. I've played against Lockyer and I've admired him from afar. I don't know him. Mm. I don't know him. Um, what's what's he like, the person? He's quite just calm, just chill, relaxed. He doesn't speak often, but when he does, it's very succinct. It's very clear as to what the message is. Um, it is interesting because a lot of the leaders that you hear about are, I guess, one of the boys or, you know, in, and I'm sure Lockie was that when he was coming through. Mm. But as he got a bit older, he he definitely didn't hold, him, hold himself apart, but there was aura, always an aura mm. of he's a little bit above us as our leader. And I don't think he ever did that, like, intentionally. It's just because we all knew he was our leader. So... You don't understand what you said there, like, you know, really cool character. Because at times that almost gets mistaken, like he's almost emotionally barren. Mm. Mm. That makes sense. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, just, yeah. I've always yeah. found him to be such a solid guy to yeah. deal with. From a media point of view, he's always, he's, you know, sometimes players will walk past you, they'll acknowledge you, sometimes they won't. Lockie will always make a point of saying good day and stopping and... And being respectful, and he's I'll a, tell you what, running out next to him, you just knew any team you played, felt he'd, safe. Ju- he'd find a way. He just would find a way. Mm. When you think about the dynamics of that side, so the the contrasting personalities. On one side you got Lockyer, on the other end of the extreme you got JT. Mm. But then sitting in the middle yeah. is a combination of both Cameron mm. Smith. Yeah, yeah. With Absolutely. just beautifully, and then yeah, you got you got Billy at the back, oh, got GI, mate. and so on. Geez, no wonder you had okay, a decent run. Oh, it's, I mean, oh, wow, it's, it's amazing. Well, it is amazing Joey. stuff. <laughs> well, we've got, oh, yeah, we got, we got Joey on the line. Uh, yeah. We'll take a break, and uh, later in the show, we've got Movie of the Week, Fever Pitch. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's get straight in. It's time for Webstar. Never thought forever was the best I could do. I'm about to pass to Andrew Webster, but a little shimmy to the right and a pass to the left. Ben, you've got something for us. Well, oh, what's this little surprise? Well, this I little surprise, because this, this, this happened oh, last no. week on the show, <laughs> Alex. Is he still going? The two yes. is. The and then you Lewis, yeah. Yeah, he's flying. Um, he's, um, <gasps> we should try and get him on the show. And we've got oh, him yeah. on the line. <laughs> so, what's been doing? Well, we have a fan overseas, and he reached out. Emmanuel Lewis, Webstar, and this is what he said. Hey, Webby and Maddie, what's going on? It's Emmanuel Lewis. Heard you are big fans of the show, <laughs> Webster. I just want to say hello. How you doing? What's going on? Webby, I think you have the most perfect surname ever. ha, <laughs> ha. And Maddie, don't let anyone talk to you about your height, all right? Just understand, big things come in small packages. Dynamite. Peace and love. I am out. Oh, there you go. Thank the power, you. The power of you morning glory is unbelievable. Yeah. You know what? I'm done, boys. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. I'll tell you what. You know you're struggling when you're copying uh, crap <laughs> off a bloke who's two foot five for being short. <laughs> Mate, can we get Gary Coleman next week? Yeah. I oh, don't. Hang on. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh. Oh. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs>
did you get him? Mate, I have I have means. Connections. I have connections. Is there a video? And I reached out. Is there out. an actual video? Or just there, there's, an actual, there's a video. He sent a video into me. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. Ben at Morning Glory. Yeah. That yeah. is. Email me. <laughs> that is. What well, a surprise that, is that was. That is smacking. <laughs> yeah. As I said, mate, I can die happily now. Exactly. Although, uh, now, <laughs> I've got to say, he's uh, got quite the voice going. He's got it going. Yeah. Now, the natural transition now is to go from uh, Emmanuel Lewis to Anthony Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's more entertaining and upbeat. Well, <laughs> so, uh, so Anthony Griffin... Turns out it uh, wasn't the right fit for the Dragons. Who'd have thought that? Um, uh, but today in the Herald, <laughs> today in the Herald. I love it. We're just into everyone. Yes. I should get sick more often. <laughs> what was I talking about? Who's I bagging? Um, uh, but I see a silver lining at the Dragons. They reckon the next crop of youngsters that are coming through out of the uh, Illawarra region at the moment are the equal of those mid-2000s that went on to win the comp wow. in 2010. There's a real, there's a, a, a big rap for the, the juniors that are coming through. Wollongong-based boys. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Um, uh, so if the Dragons can get it right, and they have shown in the past they're not particularly good at getting it right, but if they can get the right coach, the right head of football, the right head of recruitment, they, it's, not, it's not a huge rebuild. It's not a huge reset, mm. I don't think. No, you know, as long, but they just need some time and some patience. Um, I think the board's getting on better than it has previously. It is still a dysfunctional board in the sense that it's Dragon uh, St George on one side, WinCorp on the mm. on the other. Mm-hmm. But Andrew Lancaster, who is the Win Corporation chief executive, who's been on the board for quite some time, him and Peter Doust have had a let's just say a uh, Lennon McCartney like uh, tension for quite oh. some time. Mm. Um, but I think they're, they're getting on a bit better than people might think. And the fact that they're looking at Jason Rolls, who Peter Douse has been pushing for the best part of six months, yeah. suggests that things are starting – start, it's a little bit more harmonious there. If they can – whether they like it or not, they're never going to be demerged. There's never going to be – the joint venture's never going to split if they want to uh, retain an NRL licence. So they have to get on to make it – Sing. And I just think that there, there is an opportunity there now for that to happen. I hate to douse the fire. Oh, good. Uh, oh, I see very good. There. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, good. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, the only thing, glass half empty, if they were united and they all were on the same page, how come they handled it so poorly? Mm. They didn't send anyone out to the media. They sent the players. Terrible. Griffin had to drive past it. Like, but that's a, mani- that's a management thing. That's not a board thing. Well, the board selects as the people that manage the, exactly, the club. Exactly, exactly. But, I mean, but it's, it's, it was handled poorly, so no bad. doubt. But I mean, you've got the leaks. I, I don't know. I, I agree with you in regards to I don't think the – because you've still got people – Sullivan, uh, Amone, and Sloan won Jersey Flag together. Mm. So they were the best of their crop. Yep. And there's arguments to be had that their development has been stifled with this style of coach. So if they do hit the potential that we all knew they had coming in, then the turnaround, as you said, could be literally within sixteen months. They yeah. could all of a sudden be fighting in the eight and doing playing some good footy. So I agree with you in regards to turnaround could be quite quick. I just I think yeah. up top it's just I'm not yeah. sure. Do you know, do you know in this situation, like Hindy said me last night, has he really had the team? 
uh, Anthony Griffin. And I said, well, you don't know until someone else takes him over. Mm. I mean, who knows? He might be have some young blokes there who are about to absolutely boom. I mean, do you remember when Anthony Griffin was sacked from Penrith? Everyone's going, this is crazy. He's got to be into the finals. But we've seen what has happened. And granted, these young players have just got a little bit older. But he did I, get, I get that. Yeah, but at Penrith there, he yeah. Serraldo was coaching that team with Gus. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it doesn't matter how many different ways Anthony Griffin and his supporters want to try and shape that. Go and talk to the people of Penrith. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Um, yep. And but also, I just, you I, could, if you want to read a book later this year, there's a story in regards to Broncos and and how. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, good yeah, stay push. Tuned I like it. Thank the, you. The big thing for, for Jason Riles, and he looks like the favourite, or whether it be Ben Hornby or Dean Young, is that a young coach going in there and being able to have the power to be the dictator. That that's that's He's the big be, one, and that's why so. that's why I work with Wayne. Because Wayne went in there mm. and he he had all the power and he had the presence and he knew he was in a situation that if he didn't like what was going on, he'd just walk out the door and walk into another powerhouse club. Well, that's what happened. When he when he hasn't had absolute power, i.e. the two times he's been at the Broncos, it's ended very poorly. What's mm. what's Jason Rolls like as a as a coach? Like, you know, we they reckon he's, he's trying players... the best, but is he is he gonna be like a Craig Bellamy. They reckon there he's and... a players' coach. They reckon yeah. he gets on really well with the younger players, which is exactly what I reckon that club needs at the moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I know everyone keeps saying like, oh, he didn't have the roster. He, t- Anthony Griffin had all control over yep. the roster. Mm-hmm. He brought in all these older players, Aaron Woods, uh, like the Mag- letting McGinnis, Mag- go. letting McGinnis go, bringing in McCulloch. There was like a whole stack of recruitment decisions there, where it looked like he was trying to win the over thirty fives comp. It was it, like for- it just, it just. Yeah, people. I think that's a bit of a cop out to say that that he didn't have the team that he had. Also, but he also made some bizarre decisions in the last few weeks. Yes, he has. The, like the whole Lomax thing, I can't wrap my head around. I think Lomax is still trying to work out why he got dropped. Mm-hmm. Like no one's actually explained it to him. And what happened with Sullivan on the weekend was just, you know, obviously the, the fo- was well that was just sort of like the yeah. final straw. Yeah, it was. But so the Lomax situation again. So look, Zach is a player of. Great potential, okay. Um, he has is a long way from being the player that you know we expect him to be. Like Freddie was, you know, talking about him, you know, push him into the blue squad by now, but that that hasn't transpired. Yet he's on huge huge amount. money now. But so if you draw a line through that, the reason he let McGuinness go is because he said McGuinness was on too much money and he was going to have a, a sort of you know socialist system or a money ball system. And that he just couldn't carry him, but you're paying big money for guess, other players as well. Like, you just guess didn't who else make... you let go? Yeah. Reese Robson. Exactly. Reese Robson. Exactly. Like, how? Yeah. How can you let Reese Robson go to bring in? You know, I love Macca, but he was at the end of his career. But mm. see, yeah, like, yes. you know what I yeah. see with this? All right, I see with Lomax how, like, their solution to him flick passing too often was to move him to the other side of the field. Oh, now, yeah. surely coaching, like the art of coaching is to make him more selective with his pass. Yeah. And it's a little bit like, I think I often think of this, I've talked to Warren McDonald about it at the Tigers. Years ago when the Tigers got rid of Adokar, they just they dropped it, put him into reserve grade, didn't think anything of him because he wasn't good under the high ball. And I remember what Warren McDonald said to me, well, isn't good coaching teaching him to be good under the high ball? Absolutely. Goes to Melbourne, learns how to catch the ball properly, um, uh, is an Australian winger. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's coaching. Yep. So I think Absolutely that, that's you, you need, and, just, and this is the benefit I reckon of, of of Bennett 
and, and Bellyache too, they're so skills-based in the way that they coach. coach. Mm. That's and it. that's what you need with a young team, and pure, that's what I hope Rolls brings to the Dragons. Pure coaching. Exactly. The lost art of pure coaching. Mm. It just makes me sick when I hear uh, coaches publicly saying about their players, we just haven't, haven't got the roster. And you go, oh, how bullshit. dare you? You just go, but you go, how dare you? Mm. How dare you? Because then you've got to walk into train on a Monday and try to build belief in that squad that you mm. clearly don't believe in. Yeah. And the bottom line is, you make them better. Mm-hmm. You coach the pants off them. Make them better footballers. Well, look look at the Dolphins. You can't say that anymore. Exactly. You, you cannot. Yeah. It, it is over. Any coach that comes out and says, oh, no, I don't have yeah. the roster. Look at the Dolphins. Well, mate, look, look at Nick Mooney. Yes, that's a great one. Look at Nick Mooney. Look, look, at, look at King, Josh King, who's gone to look Melbourne. Look at Tommy Dearden. Look at Zach Hosking. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There are plenty of good footy players out there, but I just think that we have a, a shortage of good admins mm. and good coaches. Yep. Um, because, I totally agree. Because you don't have admins training all the way from six years old to become admins in footy. You don't have coaches training all the way from six years old. Mm. But we have thousands and thousands of kids training. You know, Denon, the amount of jobs in the media has been so detrimental to the coaching ranks. Mm. Slater's the best example. Mm. Like, there weren't so, like, yeah. Slater is the perfect example yeah. that already, and this got me into trouble last week, as we know. But if he's the perfect example that of a guy that just went into coaching immediately, like he's had the success at origin level, you just knew he'd be a genius coach. Mm. Mm. But he's going, you know what? I've got a great job in the media. I've got the horse stud. I've got all those things. I don't really need it. Although I think the Melbourne Storm will continue to press him. I think Why so. Why wouldn't they? Look, look, I, um, yeah, and I, I, I reckon uh, Riles is ready for it. He's, yeah. he, he, he had been cold on it, and then he actually started to see the, the ups, the upscale yeah. in, in going to a club like that. On the personality, he'll be a very different coach to Craig Bellamy. Yeah. I think what he'll do is he'll put standards, as they say, and play, no, put it this way: I don't like you use just common words that just wash over. He'll let the players know straight away what's expected. You know, if they, that, that that will basically be his discipline. Is that this is what you do, this is where I expect from you. If you don't reach that, then because whenever we run overlay on the show, it's always Jason Roll sitting there and bellyache, just not giving it to him. Yeah. There was a hilarious uh, moment they showed it on your show last night, Matty, where where Rolls is in the room in the coach's box with the mic with the mic yeah. in front of him, and Bellamy grabbed the mic and was screaming. Do you know Webby? And you talk like he, here's an example of that. I think sometimes when you get you get mixed, you know, like things get lost in coaching. In my opinion, too too much technology in coaching can be detrimental. Yep. Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, right? You watch Bellyache and you go down there. So he's walking around with a piece of, you know, he, he writes longhand, you know, carrying it around with him, stuff like that, because they feel their players. Mm-hmm. They feel they know their players. They know they just sit and they watch that player with, you know, soft eyes and just go, okay, this is what this guy needs. As but- opposed to sitting a kid in front of a computer mm-hmm. screen. And just throwing them, showing them clip after clip after clip, showing them what they're not doing right. Bennett said to me the best thing that, that ever happened to his coaching was, or that he's thankful of, is the fact that he started before the video. He said it was all just what you watched on the training field. Mm. Yeah, and so he said true. he said it's all feel. It's, it's human. all feel. It's yeah. human. It's That's human. right. Yes. We're, we're, we're not robots. We're, emo- we're emotional creatures having we, physical experiences. We are. Uh, on, on that... After the break, we've got Movie of the Week. Fever Pitch, talking about human experiences. Stay tuned. And it is time for Movie of the Week. 
Today is just a really great feel-good sports film. It's a true story. Uh, a book originally uh, written by Nick Hornby that was uh, turned into a film in 1997. It's Fever Pitch. When was the last time you felt this nervous about a league game? I don't know. 1971, I should think. Two home wins could be champions Tuesday night, imagine. What are we going to do? Drink, I expect. Yeah. I can't think about it in bed at night, otherwise I can't sleep. This is the worst day of my life. 18 years and they blow it on the last weekend of the season. Come on, Paul, it's only half time. It's only 1 0. Mate, uh, it's a great film. Liam Alexander, welcome. Morning, guys. How are you going? Oh, we're going Hi, good, mate. Liam, I love this movie. It gives me goosebumps, and I'll explain why shortly. But what about yourself? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really liked it. I think it sort of reminded me, like, it's so rare these days to go into something completely blind. I'd never seen a frame of this movie. I'd never heard of it. And it's, it was really refreshing. It's a great British film. You could call it a rom-com, but I think it is more of a sports film about mm. sort of the euphoria and misery of being a fan. And um, it's not, you could call it, it's a bit of a romance, but it's more about the romance between mm. Paul Ashbury and the Arsenal Football Club than it is with the woman in the movie. Now, Liam, I'm just going to defer now to Alex, the maestro. He is the football zealot um, on, on the clock. <laughs> That's now, a dangerous now, thing to be called yes, at the yes, moment, I'm, Matty. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> you are, I apologise. <laughs> fanatic. <laughs> Super fanatic. A troublemaker. Hey, um, now, not just the plot of the film, Alex. Give me the circumstances. Give the, the listeners the circumstances. So Arsenal have sort of... They're this underachieving. They're the biggest club in London, so that's that's a fair thing to sort of have heaped upon you. It's it's the Roosters. It's South. You know, you're talking about the biggest club in the biggest city in England who've underachieved for more than two. Well, I think it was 19 years, 20 years since they won the league, which is actually, funnily enough, a similar situation to the one they're in now. Going for that, and it looked about 10 times over this season like they'd thrown it away. And following him through all the emotions, it's very well done in the way that Nick obviously wrote the book and the way they've adapted that and the way Colin plays the character. Um, it Anyone who follows sport will be able to relate to this movie without an issue. It's just it's as an accurate as a portrayal of a... In and out of a season that I can, I can see, yeah, yeah. it's the, just brilliant. The book. So we're, we're reviewing it because one of the uh, listeners, whose name is Pine Baron, yeah. uh, Pine, shout out to you this morning. Thank you for tipping this. Yeah, I love, Pine. I love the book. I love the book Fever Pitch, not least because of the opening line in the book. I will always remember my wedding day. We beat Coventry one nil away. Liam, did the critics the, did they love it as much as we did? Uh, it was interesting because when I, as we were saying, it's a real feel-good movie. So I don't know why it only has a fifty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's really harsh for a movie like this. Roger Ebert, he didn't review it. He actually reviewed the remake that came out eight years later. Mm, he la- really liked la- that. Yeah, it lacks a he lot. Gave, he really liked that. Yeah. So I can imagine he would have liked this movie, but yeah, there weren't too many reviews at the time. Mm. Can I just say right now? is that it gives me goosebumps. When I watch it, watch it again, I, I had a tear in my eye because it just took me back because the movie came out in 1997 and I remember watching it being a, a big football fan, but watching it going, imagine, imagine being on that ride 
And imagine that sort of jubilation. Then a couple of months later, it happened. Oh, now I've got goosebumps. Now I'm going to cry. And just, <laughs> yeah, and it just happened. And I remember as we were getting getting off the bus at the Workers' Club at Newcastle, 100-odd thousand people just going, I'm, this is fever pitch. Mm. That's right. It yeah. was. It was. It felt that way. Yeah. The remake, Liam, I, as I said, I think it lacks a lot. Um, mm. I think one of the things, probably explain it all, is, Drew Barrymore. It just doesn't have that quite authentic feel as this one. No, I think I think the British can do it a lot better with their romantic comedies. They feel a lot more grounded and realistic. And Colin Firth, and this is great. Jimmy Fallon plays his character in the American remake, so I think that sort Wasn't of tells. As good, but was the Farley brothers directed that, yeah. which I didn't know. So it's a, it's sort of an interesting amalgamation of, of crew and talent for that movie. Um, my favourite character from the film was the Arsenal home ground. Mm. Um, and they, Alex, I'll come to you again. North North Bank. Yeah. Just get like, I was fascinated with like, I love the, because, you know, I love all, all things history. I love that nostalgia of that. Like, what, the North Bank, what was, what was that? Well, so Highbury is sort of built next to, it was built like a very short distance from Woolwich Arsenal, which is where they get the name from. Um, and it was built before the First World War, one of the proper old football grounds. And you're talking about the North Bank. So you're on old terraces. So this is where a lot of the issues with hooliganism came. But it's a lot of people remember it with very rose-tinted glasses in that everyone was standing mm. together. It was all men yeah. at that stage. But that it was that sort of community and built into North London, which is a very football thing is yep. that the, the ground is amongst the community. You're not driving, not like American sports where it's out sort of, and you're driving into a parking lot and doing the, all mm. that sort of thing. It's it's you're going from the pub to the game. Yeah. It's all grounded in that. And I the think Ar- that's well mm. portrayed as well. The Arsenal club, all the cloth traders, weren't they? The history of the guys who founded it. I think you might be right. Yeah. Woolwich. Yes. Woolwich um, Liam, did it make money? Was it as successful as far as financial? Um, I think it was made for a few million dollars. The only thing I could find online, and I don't think this is true, is that it only made $3,000 worldwide. What? $3,000? Yeah. It, what? No, if you look online, the only thing it says is that it's made $3,736 worldwide. But I don't think that's true. I think that might have only been what it made in America at the time, but I couldn't find any of what it made in um in the UK or Australia, but I'm sure it made profit. Must have made profit. Oh, if... I didn't know about it, but people know about it. Must have made profit if they made a remake, surely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, oh, a, it was the, a different. It was yeah, a, it was different. It was, it was a, baseball. Oh, yeah, I know that, yeah. but like to take the concept, yeah. regardless yeah. of sport, you'd have to assume that it made yeah. a profit for the them. The Americans always believe they can do it better. Yeah. Mm. It's like, yeah, remember that movie, Three Men and a Baby? Yes. That was a French movie that they took and basically – Rolled it around and turned it into a giant turd. I tell you, the, I tell you, the other one was death at a death at a funeral. Remember they did an American yeah. version of that. Liam, remember that? Oh yeah, I saw. Well, I can't. I remember the British version. I couldn't remember the American. Yeah, version, with Chris no. Rock. Well, yeah, yeah, what? It's a, yeah it's a, yes, they did with oh, old boy, old boy as well. They tried to remake old boy to yeah, James. Josh Brolin. Well, what about yeah. the biggest? What are the biggest one? Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. They that that they oh. turned into two Wang Fu. Do you remember that? No. That movie? With Patrick yeah. Swayze. Yep, with Patrick Swayze. It is yeah. an absolutely total takeoff, not even hiding it. <laughs> and it was a it was it was awful. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Some other Paluka. Yeah, here, Death at a Funeral, twenty ten, three years after the other one. It had, it's Chris Rock. It had Chris Rock. 
It had it had uh, Danny Glover, Peter Drinklage, oh. who was in the original. Man, uh, Glover, Tracy I'm... Morgan, Kevin Hart. There you go. Wow. Danny Glover. All on Google. I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what he said. <laughs> Colin Firth. Jeez, what you said before. What a, a great actor. Um, yeah. I, I watched The Railway Man again the other day. Oh, my God, that is one of the best performances from anyone I've ever seen. I've never seen that movie. Oh, it's inc- so good. Is it really? Incredible. King's Speech, Colin Firth. King's yeah. Speech. Oh, oh, stop it. Mate, good. Colin Firth. Oh, Firthy. <laughs> oh, t- uh, Liam, I'll just hit you. You're, oh, you're filthy Firth. I'm feeling Firthy. <laughs> oh, it's been that sort of show. Um, <laughs> Liam, a score out of 100, mate? Oh, I'm going to give it an 85. Completely okay. disagree with Rotten Tomatoes on this one. Right, what we'll do, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to do greatest sports fan movies. Stay with us. We're just talking about it there, about Fever Pitch and the things that uh, bond families together. And it's very often sport. You're saying yeah. with this film. Yeah, well, the, the thing about the thing that I really loved, because I hadn't seen it, was that he got into loving Arsenal, he got into loving football because it brought him and his dad, who was not around most of the time, brought them together. And you, know, you, you see that with people. Like my wife loves Friday Night Football because she watched Friday Night Football with her father and her brothers. So it's this wow. special moment. So she will always sit there and she'll always watch Friday Night Footy. I don't reckon if I don't think my father and I have spoken about anything apart from Bag the Dragons for twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> if not for that, we wouldn't have spoken. Uh, now, greatest sports fan movies. It's a little bit tricky. When it went research this, Liam, is there any that really stick mm. out for you? Well, one that I think is a really underrated, it's a thriller. It's The Fan. With oh, yeah. It's the only one I've got to be lit. It's one of the only ones I could find as well. That well, is freak. That's scary. Such a great yeah. film. Very good. And you see that guy, the De Niro character, you see him at the football. Absolutely. Screaming and yelling and the son or the daughter sitting next to him, like terrified. Um, yeah. Benito Del Toro. Uh, who is, uh, it's Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Where when he cuts the number off? Oh, the... Wesley Snipes. He's, he's, come he's up, getting come some up, money. Come up a little bit. His ears what's will be what, burning. What, what's Wesley Snipes doing? Yeah. Uh, evading tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in trouble, didn't he? <laughs> did he? I don't know. I just said it. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I think he did. Got double tax. Good defamation. Allegedly. What about this one? This is a really underrated movie. Mark Wahlberg's Invincible. Have you seen that? It's the yeah, tr- yeah, 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 Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, Vince yes. Papali, who was he was just a, him and his mates were massive zealot fans. As we were saying before, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles fans, and basically, you know, always bagging them. And Philadelphia Eagles was such a low ebb; they did an open trial game, almost like PR open trial. Anyone there can come and trial. He made the cut and ends up like, you know, for, had a couple of good seasons. With the wow. Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, um, on that note, Silver Linings Playbook. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Got you, got you Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Again with De Niro. With De Niro. Jackie Weaver. Jackie she Weaver. She had a, like... Just, a renaissance. Yeah, she, oh, renaissance is the word. Mm. You, uh-huh. <laughs> because in those two things, it's all about the following the ups and downs of a team, as you said, and you saw it in Fever Pitch, like... And he says, I don't know whether my life's shit because Arsenal are shit mm. or whether Arsenal are shit so that that makes my life shit. And it's... <laughs> Philadelphia yeah. Eagles, like yeah. they're 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 flying high at the moment, but man, what else? Right, this one—it's a documentary. But when we were kings, mm. like you know about the mm. um, the rumble in the jungle, and and just when I when I say from the fans' point of view, I love like Norman Mailer, of course, one of America's greatest ever writers. 
just talking about his fandom and love of Muhammad Ali, I think it's... Unbelievable. Yeah. Him and George Plimpton, they sort of oh, they almost Plimpton. make that documentary. Sure do. Uh, Liam, any others to get for you? Um, a recent one was the fighting with my family with Florence Pugh yeah. about um, Paige, the wrestler, her mm, journey. Her, that's her, good. Her mum and dad were amateur uh, wrestlers and her and her brother were big fans of it and tried to make it in the WWE. And I thought that was a really underrated movie. I thought that was a great sports film. Uh, actually, one of my genuine, not only fans, it's, it's from a fan's perspective, but it's not from a player's perspective. The Damned United. Oh, Unbelievable. Of, you know, Denon. It is in my top five favourite movies of all time. It is wow. unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah. About you know, um, the great Brian Clough taking Derby County from the bottom to the top of Europe and then basically uh, then taking over Leeds, who were the powerhouse, and the six weeks that just went horribly wrong. Brian Clough, I watched a, I've, I've been recently on YouTube just watching some old interviews. They just don't make coaches like that anymore. An entertainer. There, there's, a, there's a book called Provided You Don't Kiss Me. And it's written by a, 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 a roundsman who used to cover his whole time. As a, yeah, and it, from his perspective about Brian Clough. And it's so much like The Damn United. Like you, when you, having watched The Damn United first, it's like so close to the mark, that movie. Isn't that yeah, great? What he was movie. like. If you haven't know? watched it, watch The Damn United. It is okay, so right. good. It's on the list. What about this one? Okay, boys. From a fan's perspective, Kevin Costner, whose father told him all the stories about Shoeless Joe Jackson. And he builds the football. Uh, he builds the baseball field filled of dreams. That's the ultimate fan movie. It's the yes, and it even is. even so that the the major league adopted the they do now do Concept. the corn the yep. cornfield game, and the players walk out when they walk on the field. They walk out of the cornfield. Oh, yeah. that's so good. Which cool. when got, they when they first did that, they that right gave right. me chills. I, I went, know, well, you know what? Sometimes are... sport gets it really right. Yeah, yeah. Liam, appreciate your time, mate. Nah, have a good one, guys. That good, was good. good job. Uh, text message through. Um, Maestro, to you, Man City, 4-0 over Real Madrid. Is it the greatest victory, greatest win in the club's history? Well, it was so good I got emotional about it earlier. Um, Did you? It was pretty close. It was pretty close. Yeah. Uh, the only one I can think of, and purely because of the the nature of it, rather than the performance in the game, was the win over QPR that won them the title back in 2011. But, mm. yeah, just the... I've never seen a team so completely dominant and to walk away at the end of the game going 4-0, that could have been 6 or 7 against the reigning European champions. No. Coached by Carlo Ancelotti, one of the best ever. Mm. Uh, yes, it is the best you, performance in Man City's history. Do you know, um, talking to Man City, one of the most amazing pieces of footage I've ever seen, it might have been in the early 80s or late 70s, the great Dennis Law, who was Manchester United legend, who then went to Manchester City, and in the last minute of a game, he and he can, and I mean, accidentally scores a goal to send Man United down, relegated, mm. and he's literally in tears. Whoops! Yes, mm. whoopsie. Um, we'll take a uh, we'll take a break. Predictions of a rugby league halfwit next. <laughs> yes, and it's time for predictions of a rugby league halfwit. So- Oh, I'm just having a look at the. I've oh, on the screen the uh, 
the show from last night, uh, which Fletch found all that vision of him just basically uh, scoring two tries against Hindy and Hindy flopping. That's <laughs> hilarious. Very, very television. Good. What, 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 a, what a show that is, talking about big ratings and big revenue. Uh, now, predictions of a rugby league half-wit. We've upped the ante. It's a challenge system. Now, Ben has three predictions every week. If he gets two or three, he wins. If he gets zero or one, the challenger wins. Now, last week I bet a bottle of whiskey. And, uh, Ben, let's have just have a look how you went. Yeah. Your first prediction was? I'm going to go to Dan Murphy's a lot, Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling. Uh, I went, the, I said the dogs would beat the Warriors. What was the score? 24-12 Warriors. I then, I then said uh, Roosters to beat the Panthers. That ended poorly for me. We won't even go into the score. And then I, then I thought, you know what? The Eels, I reckon they can do it down in Canberra. No, they cannot. Okay. So it was 0-3, so here you go. Here's your bottle, Here's of, whiskey. bottle of whiskey. bottle whiskey, that is. Oh, <laughs> Japanese wow. whiskey. I yeah. still, got the, still got the price on it. $14? I mean, does that... <laughs> <laughs> that's... It's mate, technically mouthwash. I want a producer wage, mate, not a not a radio superstar wage. Yeah, Thank you very well, much. just give it time, mate. I'll mentor you. You'll get there. <laughs> now, Webby, you've got the job as challenger this week. What oh. would you like to? What'd you like to bet? Hmm. I mean, I just take you to lunch. How's that? Ooh, I'll take you to lunch after the show next okay. week. Okay. Okay. Done. So You're there. Done. So so lunch. Uh, one of your one of your pay after the show next week. Next yes. week, mm. yeah. Yes, okay, okay. Japanese, okay. <laughs> let's yeah, let's have a let's have a bit of a look. Now, what are you going to do this okay. week? Now, you've got also, mate, the the predictions have to hit a certain level. Alex will be the judge. Oh, of these that. will hit yep. a certain level. Don't you worry. Okay, I'm going to head up to Coffs Harbour on oh, Saturday. God's country. God's country. Mm. Home. Are you literally going up there? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Oh. But uh, I'm going to call into the Howie Mowers. I'm going, I'm going to preempt this with the abusive text message from my brother-in-law, Sharks fan. I'm going to say the Knights are going to beat the Sharks up in Coffs Harbour. Is that is that that's that's yeah, fair that enough? Passes. Yep. Yep. That passes. Eleventh on the ladder. Eleventh on fourth. Yep. Yeah, that exactly that right. passes. No, that's Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just re- I reckon the Knights can. Let's hope There's so. something up there. Let's hope so. Uh, then I'm going to go down to the, is it they call it the eighth wonder of the world at Leichhardt? They mm. do. Even though you've got to line up for a half an hour to yeah, go to the toilet. <laughs> or a beer. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say yeah, the West Tigers. I'm going to turn it up at home and they're going to beat the Cowboys. Yeah, okay. Oh. 17th versus 13th. Is that enough? Can we get Alex? a margin Alex, on that? what do you think? I don't think that's head yeah. to head. Agreed. That's, you know, oh, mate. particularly well, West Tigers well, at home. It's going to be 1 to 12. Agreed. Okay. 1 to 12? Okay. 12. I'm happy with that. And there you go. There's a text message right there from my brother in law. That came through. <laughs> <laughs> Never go near my sister again. <laughs> ben, have you left oh, your adult you nappies? Go. Oh. F off. <laughs> F off. There you go. Ten mm. rolls in your family. Right. Abusive text. Yeah. There's beautiful, yeah, regional people up there in Armada. Um, and my, okay. Oh, wow. Now, rural oh, trash. Wow. You rural trash, before? mate. Wow. That's what they are. Now, Raiders, Seagulls down there. I'm going to go down to Canberra. Now, I'm, let me know, Alex, if this is not enough. Mm. I'm going to say Raiders 13 plus. Mm. Is that enough? Well, because if it's not, well. if it's not, I'll go even more radical, mm. and I'll say Manly to beat Raiders. 
Which See, one? Are we I taking? think the latter is actually. Well, what? Do you, you think? say Raiders thirteen plus, and then yep. Then if, yeah, if, if that's not radical enough, that's I'll pretty, flip. No, that's thirteen plus. Against, are you happy yeah. with that? Yeah, Canberra are a team that um, put on points. Put on points. They win. They put on points. And you know what? And you know what? Jakey's back. They never do it easy. Okay. Yep. Oh, so okay. So, so we go Knights. Knights to beat Cronulla. Yeah. The second one was one to twelve. Uh, Tigers over the Cowboys and thirteen plus for Raiders over Manly. That's a yep. big. That's a big comeback from Jake Trebojevic. Look, he was gone for Origin. They yeah. they had they had him out, mm, and now he's come back. back from a calf. Mm. There you go. Uh, More right. news. Yes. It comes to head. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll t- take a break. Coming up shortly, our New South Wales State of Origin team. Yes, and uh, top of the uh, third hour in about five minutes' time, we're going to get into our New South Wales State of Origin sides. But uh, yesterday, boys, been interviewing various people for um, the Good Chat podcast. Did Fat Boy Slim? Mm. Did uh, various people such as Stan Grant and uh, Walid Ali, etc., etc., so on and so forth? Yesterday, did Elise Perry. Oh, now, how was pe- she? Unbelievable. Yeah, I've so. interviewed her before. She's a great person. It's. I don't think, and for people that don't know the. A dual athlete, the greatest female cricketer of all time. She was named by ESPN as the greatest Australian cricketer full stop in the last 50 years. Wow. That's how big. And, of course, represented Australia at the FIFA Women's World Cup in soccer. Now, let's just consider this for a second, right? So, firstly, she got picked to represent Australian cricket at 16 years of age, which was the youngest ever. Two weeks later, she gets selected play for the Australian soccer soccer side two weeks later. She found out about being picked for the uh, for the cricket side at recess, at recess where she, at year 11 in high school where a friend passed her the old Motorola and she picked it up and it was father and said, oh, you've just been named in the Australian cricket side. But have a think of this. Consider this, right? This is how remarkable it is. So the original dual athlete superstar was Bo Jackson. Yeah. So Bo Jackson and Dion Sanders. Were, um, baseball and American football. Both of them were great at both, but the best at neither. Mm. Right, now let's go to Michael Jordan, dual athlete. Michael Jordan, the greatest basketballer of all time, but was a minor league base, uh, baseballer. Only played really in the minor leagues, wasn't going to make it. Elise Perry mastered both mm. and is the greatest of all time at cricket, at one of them. That is just... I've never met, on top of that, Webby, I've never met a more humble, shy superstar in my life. Yeah, she's so unassuming. And just, it's it's a great story about her and her dad. Like, her and her dad have just spent literally months of their lives just in the cricket nets over and over, her, him thrown down. And I remember I interviewed him a couple of years ago and he said, I said, what's what, what's the great key to you to like the great indicator, do you think of her success? And he goes, my my shins. His shins are just completely battered from her building the ball straight back down and him being, yeah. you're not being quick like, enough to he, get out of it. Yeah. He coached he bruised shins yeah. for in, in the cricket nets. He wow. coached uh, Paramount Amarist in rugby league. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah, he right. Did. It was a funny. He's a lovely guy. It was a funny moment. Yes, this is how humble she is, but So I, I get there and as we're about to do the interview, because, you know, it's the off season with cricket and I'm, I come. I go along the lines of, you know, are you keeping your eye in? I say, you know, you are you playing, you know, at the moment. Are you, are you still, you know, keep your eye. And she goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the Australian cricket captain. And I went, no, no, Elise, 
I know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> what I'm asking is, are you are you playing any? You know, like Warner would play a grey game. Do you do that? And she goes, no. My, my, you know, my book is too full. But yeah, just it was actually unnerving. She was so humble. Yeah, wow. And the first 15 wow. minutes of the interview, I was going. Man, this is going to be heavy going because I would say I did that comparison. I, well, she was described as the the female version of Cigarfield Sobers, and she goes, "Maddie, I'm nothing like that." Yeah, going, wow. Elise, you are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's it's but sometimes it's bizarre. We always there's this kind of cliche of, "Oh, you need arrogance to be great. You need arrogance to be great." Mm. And then every now and then you get someone that mm. is the total opposite of that. Yeah. And it's where their greatness lies. It's I bizarre. Know. I said to her when she was in, in our studio in the house, and I said, Elise, relax. You don't need to be so modest. Modesty has no place in my home. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. Our origin side's next. Yes, and uh, coming up pretty soon, we've got our Morning Glory Jeopardy. Hasn't that become a fan favourite? Uh, this one's a real positive spin. It's fever pitch day. Uh, coaches who quit or were sacked. Um, <laughs> it's coaches. Uh, now, at New South Wales Origin Sides, now, Webby, this year, for the first time, we're announcing our sides simultaneously with Queensland, I believe, on the Monday. Oh. We usually name ours 24 hours early, which I never understood. No. Yeah, look, I mean, we do things better up in Queensland. Uh, yeah. Mate, well, but, but seriously, if you were, like you said before, you don't pick a side necessarily to react, but you could get there. And I'm, I'm sure sometimes in the past, New South Wales has named a team or a player and Queensland has just gone, hang on a second. Well, I, I think the key one is if Capewell is selected to play on the edge to start, that's a very different game plan than Fafita. That changes a lot. So you, you'd you probably select around that. Do you need to put Cam Murray on the edge then? You can probably keep him on the bench, bring him through the middle. I do think it actually helps to know who's going to be in the squad mm. in, in regards to picking the ball. Webby, your team, New South Wales side. Well, I'm not going to get wide like I did with the back line because I got a there's a backlash on social media of all things. What would you? What? Yeah, unbelievable. Jeez, heard him. Don't talk to social media, Webby. I just sound like cowards, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one, one Tedesco, two Fox and Tyo on the other wing. Uh, Latrell, I'm going to go with Campbell Graham. I just, as much as I love Turbo, I just don't think he's like he's he's no he doesn't have confidence in his body. Mm. It's a real concern, and I just think that's different to being out of form. Mm. If he's out of form, he can go into Origin and find that form, and he's done that before. He's come back, you know, c- coming cold. But I just think, I just, I think he's a risk, so I can't mm. pick him. I'm going to pick. I'd say Hines for the reasons I said earlier in the show. Ooh. I think you throw, I think you throw caution to the wind. You add some X factor as much Shopping as I hate and that changing. term. That's what they do. Chop oh, and change. Good. Yeah, good on you. you pick your bloody. <laughs> you do you, champ. Uh, <laughs> Cleary at seven. I like Hass and Jakey T. Now that he's uh, back from injury, um, uh, as the props, I like Ho- Cook to start at hooker. Martin, I'm going to go against what you said and have Murray and Yo. Mm. The bench. I'm not going to go Appy. I'm, I'm, I'm backing Cook to be the 80-minute hooker. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yep. So my 14's Walker. I'm with you. Right. I, like I just think I just think he is. Yeah. And he's just been burned by New South Wales. They haven't persisted with him, mm. and it, it, like they just haven't backed him. I and think, I just think yeah. the way that he is combining with Latrell is just 
That is too good to ignore, and that is the type of attack that New South Wales can't say no to. Olakawatu, Paulo was the other big prop, and Hudson Young. Get some – we just lack some – I can't really say the word I want to use. We lack mongrel mm. uh, up in, in the pack, um, the last two deciders. Oh, sorry, the two deciders that they've lost in 20 – and twenty two, and I just think they need some. They need some. Tell you what, like you can find team. you can find the trial line when a, when when you need a tri- when you need one. Yeah, yeah. How do you like? What do you think? I think it's, it's a great team. I think Hudson good Young team. is almost, and he didn't make my side, but he's but he's been a, a stalwart with Queensland. He's almost like your Jairo. You just bring him on. Yeah. just get in it. Just get amongst it. Bro. Get in exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Benny, who you got? Uh, okay, I've got Tedesco as my number one. Uh, my wingers controversial. Yeah, very controversial. Well, some I've people got... some people say Edwards number one. There's, there's, there's a... But does it say well, a lot though that you can't about people wanting like, to dump Teddy? But does so. it say a lot about the like just the embarrassment of riches in the back line? The Dylan Edwards can't even get yeah. a sniff anywhere near that team. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll ask you this then. If we press pause on it, sorry. If I I'll ask sorry, you this, Webby. If Tedesco goes down, righto? I don't jinx, but if if he was injured. Who do you put fullback? Edwards, 100%. Edwards, or do you go Latrell? Oh. Edwards, 100%. Because you've already got a game plan built around Tedesco's style of play. Yep, his who, involvement through the middle. Who emulates that. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. Trell in the centres is like, if you mm. want points, boom, he'll mm. give it to you. Yeah. Mm. Is it, very, we, very always, we, we do always talk about you know, the combination between Cleary and Luai and Yo and yeah. Dylan Edwards is... Yeah, the, the fourth. Yeah, yeah, that would actually part of that. But yeah, yeah that yeah. puzzle. Mm. Anyway, I've got Tedesco. <laughs> um, my wingers: Campbell Graham and uh, the Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go. What? I'm going to. Sorry, you dropped Toto. Toto's gone, mate. My turn. Wow. Oh, con- controversy. Because yeah. yeah. I want I want Latrell and yeah. I want Tommy Turbo. Yeah. Morning Glory producer <laughs> slams Toto. Mm, exactly. Hey, I love I love Brian, but I, I'm sorry. Uh, he ran for 275 metres last night. Nearly 100 right, post-contact. I just, I just don't think he's been seeing the competition on fire this year. Wow. Did last, last night he was fantastic. Hasn't exactly. been doing that all season. He has. He, he has. Has he? He has. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna, <laughs> because I'm New South Welshman, I like to uh, pick and stick. I'm going to go Luai <laughs> and Cleary as our halves. Uh, Jakey and Payne as our props. Cookie. To start, I'm with I'm with Webby over there. Um, Martin Murray Yo, Appy as my fourteen. Um, Junior Paulo, Hudson Young, and then my seventeen. I was tossing, but mate, I'm gonna. I just want Nico in the team. Mm, okay, right up. I've gone Tedesco, uh, Brian Toto. Now on the wing, okay. I don't think that the mail I keep getting is they're gonna they're gonna pick. Josh and they're going to pick Tom. I, I think you pick. I think it'll be a shootout. Who plays well best this week and who's the fittest? Who can demonstrate the fittest? Um, it's hard to split. What, I, sorry, I, what do you mean? So no, do you think they'll mean, go with I, Fox or Turbo I, on the wing? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, in the team. In the team, that makes sure. sense. Gotcha. Yeah, Campbell Graham might move the wing. Go, so yeah. at the moment, I've got those two circled there. It's who would demonstrate they're the fittest this weekend. In the centres, Campbell Graham. I like him in the centres as opposed to the wing. I think he, I, he's not, an, in my opinion, a natural yardage man. And, mate, some, and just he can run space. He can run gaps um, and shapes really, really well. Latrell Mitchell, of course, in the centres. Halves have gone Nico Hines. I just like, I, 
I understand incumbency, but I think it's, as Webby said before, it's of only a primary importance when you win a series. Uh, Nathan Cleary. Uh, the middle 13 is Isaiah Yeo, of course. Uh, Jake Turbo and Payne Hass. I can't wait for Payne Hass and Carrigan to match up against each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'll, be, that'll be something special. Back row, Liam Martin. I mean, he operates so well with uh, Yeo and Cleary. The other one, I've gone Tyson Frizzell. Right at the start of the game. I think this is the best that I've seen Tyson play in a Knights jersey so far this season. And the hooker, I've got uh, Damian Cook. Now, the bench, I've gone 14, Cody Walker. Same as you. I, I At times, I think, he's, as you said, he's been burned in that sixth jersey. I just think the 14 jersey will just really put Cody. It'll just take a lot of pressure off him. I think he'll be he'll get him in a really aggressive frame of mind, sitting there watching the game, and they'll be able to just huge impact. And and the thing about it is, with like I would back, I, I'd back Cody to be able to play fifteen twenty minutes at hooker. Oh, now, if, he I, I, if he had to, I'd back him. And in fact, I'd use him for a little stint there. I think he could really get going in the middle of the field. Cam Murray, as I said before, I would start him. I would keep him. I'd have him on the bench just to keep him out of. HIA danger and let the other sides beat the crap out of each other and then bring him on as an impact. Junior Bolo and again Hudson Young. Gone Hudson. He just he's he's earned his opportunity. And I think with Hudson when you pick him, it's almost a it's a pick for the future and it's a pick for a statement. It's telling players, you know, that you will be rewarded for good form, mm. for that consistently good form. You just yeah. can't continually keep not, not when the, not guys. when you've lost two of the last three series, you know yep. you've got to you've got to you got to be a bit flexible. Yeah, yes. I, I I like Walker at fourteen for sure. Like incredible statistically, he's the best attacking player of the last five years. Yep. I will say though, in the in a game of HIAs and people getting hit, like what are your two most in three most important positions? Mm. I'd say six, seven, and probably fullback. And I think the reason why I'd have Hines on the on the bench is he can cover six, seven yeah. fullback. Yeah, sure. Whereas yes. I don't know whether could Walker Walker step into seven. I think I think he could. You you play a different style of game. Mm. That's it. You'd have to. He could play fullback. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. He could play. He could play fullback. I tell you, sit it there. Like like the evolution of different positions and how how they take place in their roles in the side. The thirteen is a really interesting one. How that position has evolved. The 13 traditionally, my dad played 13, played lock. Back in those days, it was eight before the international numbers came in. The 13 was a second six. That's how they used to play. And then suddenly when the emergence of Bradley Clyde happened, suddenly then sides used, started to look at the 13 as a yardage man. But now it's come full circle mm. and we're starting to see, you know, there was Dimmick and Jason Smith doing a little bit of it, but mm. you, the Taumalolos and all those guys were the typical 13s, but now they're saying, no, we want more creativity. The 13, in my opinion, is the toughest. They are the toughest players on the field. Mm. Not all of them. I'm talking about, um, not. I mean, not all of teams use the 13 as a creative. I know some still use them as a yardage man. But if you look at a guy like Isaiah Yeo and Cam Murray, I know that, those blokes are tackling in the thick of the smash and crash. They're working their backsides off, and on top of that, they're giving direction and doing pass decisions. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I don't know throughout the history of the game, no matter where positions have gone, of, of someone who was just has to do so much as the modern day ball playing thirteen. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What mm. what about um what about uh Appy and Hook? Like mm. two hookers. I, like, just, I mean it was so successful for Queensland last year with Hunt and yeah. uh, this, and, this uh, is why I put uh Abby Grant. On the bench. But yeah. like so but and I know I thought it was really pointed comments from Jason Demetrio earlier this week about, you know, he really endorsed I don't think I've ever seen a coach endorse a player for Origin as much as as JD did for Cook this Cook. week, mm-hmm. and about him being a, and really specifically about being an eighty-minute hooker. Yep. he's like he's trying to make a point. Yep, um, I think I, I just think that Grant and Hunt complement each other so well. There's something about their connection that makes it work. I just don't know whether Appy and uh, Cookie. It's like a like for like. Yeah, do they click as well as Grant mm. and Hunt? Mm. Like Hunt has proven himself too. Like if you had to pick one or the other, oh, it's interesting. Who would you? But what I mean is like Harry is developing into that really uh, the next year one of the most uh, the centerpiece player for, mm. for Queensland. But Ben Hunt has proven himself to be a truly great Queensland Origin player. Yeah, it's a bit like like Gagai. Mm. Like I look at Gagai. And he, for me, typifies, you know, that sort of the Queenslander and how they go about their work. Like, Gagai will go down in history as one of the great state of origin players for Queensland mm. because, mate, winning two men of the series from the wing. Yeah, inc- yeah. it's unheard of. And in he, origin, it's almost... In origin. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I mean, it. origin's almost like anti-wing in regards to it's supposed to be about the tough stuff. And yeah. yet you play so well from the wing, you win it. Mm. Looking, Looking at... My team, I was really – the bench, how how big do you need to go on your bench, do you reckon, in the modern origin? I, I, I go for mobility. Yeah. I've, got ju- I've got junior there, okay, for a bit of oh, size. But you, you, need, you need to – do you just yeah. carry one big man on the bench? I, look, and then every, people differ in opinion. I do because, as I said, the pace of state of origin is such that that big guy in the middle of the field, mate, they knock up pretty quick and they yeah. start to become a liability in defence. Mm. So I, I generally I, – I look for mobility a little bit more. Like, that's the, that's that, when I like to bring on like an appy because then appy yeah, creates. Play through the middle. Yeah. Um, that third state of origin last year, the only game that I put – that I've ever seen to put on par with that was 1990, Old Trafford, second test, Australia versus Great Britain. Yeah. That last state of origin that, – that state of origin so match good. last year, that third game, was one of the greatest games of rugby league I've ever seen. Mm. It has never been a tougher game. Like the physicality – was just incredible. Uh, looking forward to watching Cobo this year too. Yeah, you know, he's next next year. Like, mate, what a power! I just me and Gordon were talking about this last night with Cobo. There's just a real innocence about how he plays. Oh yeah, yeah. that smile and he's so, he's so he's so raw. He just, and he just if there's an error, just does not bother him one bit. And and I I think that when you get a guy as talented as him come through. Often they're seen as the Ferrari, and they sit out in their wing. They wait for the big players, and they love the highlights. What I love about Cobo is it doesn't matter what's happening, whether he's got four errors, zero errors, three tries, one try, no try. He always does the hard work. He does. The, the hard yeah. carries out of his end. I yeah. love that Jeez, about Cobo. strong player. We'll take a break. Morning, Glory Jeopardy next. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. And we've got him on the line, Jared Timms from Neds. And uh, welcome, Timsy. Yeah, morning, Matty. Thanks for having me back. Oh, mate, always a pleasure. Now, uh, tell us some important games over the weekend. What this one tonight? Dragons and Roosters. Mate, Roosters need to start winning. 
Yeah, they certainly do, Matty. Look, and sometimes when there's a sizable change like a coach leaving, the form of a playing group can absolutely spike. If you think that's going to be the case with the Dragons, you can have $2.75 for them at Neds tonight. The Roosters, like you said, they are keen to bounce back themselves. They're into $1.46 in our market. The line is six and a half points. Now, talking about needing to start winning, the Parramatta Reels take on the high-flying Bunnies. Yeah, well, this time last year, this would have almost certainly been the match of the round. But boy, have Souths just gone to another level recently. Definitely echoed in their price at Neds this week too, Matty. They're into a dollar thirty-five. There are a few fringe Origin players going around for the Eels, though. Could the upset be on the cards? You can have three dollars twenty for it. Uh, the line for this one, eight and a half points. Cheers! I'm looking forward to this game. Super Saturday on Fox League. Get the Storm up against the Dolphins. Uh, Bellamy versus Bennett. Cheers! Can the can the Dolphins just keep winning? Yeah, well, Matty, the Dolphins, they started the season with a five-and-a-half game over underline. Of course, in Magic Round, they covered that. That was their sixth win of the season. Uh, they've had the well-earned eight, eight, uh, week off as well, I beg your pardon. So are they refreshed? I think they're a bit of value again. $2.65. The Storm, they were pretty good against the Broncos last week. They're into a dollar forty-eight now. The line for this one, also six-and-a-half points. Have a good weekend, Timsy. Thanks, Matty. Good luck, punters. Download the Neds app today and take your betting to the Neds level. You win some, you lose more. Up on our toes, ready to go. It's time for Morning Glory Jeopardy. And our contestants today, uh, Andrew Webster, Denon Kemp and Ben Hogarth. G'day, gentlemen. Hello. Well, excellent. Uh, <laughs> tight and bright, get out the high. Don't finish the sentence with a preposition. Uh, now, the subject today is coaches who quit or were sacked. As I said, it's a feel-good show. <laughs> okay, Webbo, to you first. Yep. In what year did Phil Gould quit as head coach of the Penrith Panthers? Uh, 93. Incorrect. It was 1994. Jesus. He, you idiot. This was all. This was quite bizarre because he quit in 1994 as head coach and the last game of 1994 coached the Roosters in the very last game that year. Yes. That's right. Ah, uh, Denon. You were soon to come in my mouth. That's all right, Weber. Don't no, too hard I've got to do better. Mate. I've got to do better. Four questions each. It's okay. Uh, Denon. You're a failure. <laughs> Mate, see, it's all that self-talk. It creeps in. What, no wonder your father never loved you. Uh, <laughs> Gar- Gary, Gary loved me. Oh, sorry, that was self-talk. Thank <laughs> God. Uh, Denon, how many seasons did Ivan Hanjack coach the Broncos? Two. Correct. There you go, Denon. Well, he's your coach, wasn't he? Yeah, he was my coach. Oh, oh there you go. Oh, hang on. Trick question. No, it wasn't. Okay, Ben. <laughs> Who's been the long... Who has been the longest? Whom has been the longest-serving coach at the Gold Coast Titans? Is it easy? This is so easy. This one. Cartwright. John Cartwright is correct. Yeah. Unless you meant Jed Cartwright. Easy. Okay. Easy. <laughs> 2007 to 2014, 186 games. 186 lost. 100. Sounds a lot, doesn't it, 100, but it was over the long, long It is a Titans coach. <laughs> they, they, they come and go. Uh, Webby, mm-hmm. who replaced Mal Meninga as coach of the Canberra Raiders? Oh, and you're on zero points too. 
When was he? When was he? Uh... A lot of pressure here. Would you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> David Ferner. Incorrect, Matt Elliott. Oh, oh Matt no. Elliott, of course. That was the famous one where they interviewed Craig Bellamy and oh, rejected oh. him. Oh, listen, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm sick. You, mate, My brain's you know what? I'm just glad you're here, Is mate. Is this your flu game? <laughs> oh, shut up. Why don't you ask him a question about how many these blokes, he scored? These blokes, these blokes have been into each other since breakfast. Or coffee. <laughs> Denon, Wayne Bennett has only quit one club. Which was it? Um, Newcastle. Correct. Aren't you up and about? Uh-uh. What? He resigned from the Broncos. In a way. Did he? Okay. Well, that's my fault, but you get it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. In my mind. He's read my mind. Yeah, sure. No right worries. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's yeah. a bad day for you, Ev. Yeah, I know. Well, that's um, what happens for asking me. You just worry about your questions, mate. <laughs> 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 Isn't this just the show of conflict all the time? Me and Joey last week. This will be the headline. Kemp and Webster. Oh. Okay, Ben. Mm. Who's the only man to have coached the Newcastle Knights twice? Oh, an easy one. I was going to say Joey. Um, Hagen. Incorrect. It was Rick Stone. Weren't oh, they the years? <laughs> what a, That's right. I tell you what, what a name. Rick Stone. Yeah. I'd love to be called Rick it Stone. Went, it went uh, Rick Stone, Wayne Bennett, Rick, Rick Stone. Stone. Oh. Rolling Stone <laughs> gathers no moss. <laughs> yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> someone's on fire. Hey. Webby, okay, two questions each. Dan's <laughs> leading 2-1. Webby, you're due. Uh, Webby, who replaced Chris Anderson as Storm Coach? Mark Murray. Mark Murray is yeah. correct. Well yeah. And he's back. back. He's back. <laughs> and his assistant coach was Anthony Griffin. Griffin, he did. Wow. Hey, Anthony Griffin, who identified, who identified Cameron Smith. Oh, did he? Yeah. Anthony there Griffin. Wow. Mm. There you go. Does that, that um, give me a bonus point? No, unfortunately not. Oh. <laughs> okay, Dannon. Who replaced Johnny Lang as South Sydney coach? Uh, Michael Maguire? Correct. Wow. Correct. Look at this. I didn't back in on that one. I... Almost an unassailable lead. I expected, when I wrote this question, I, 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 I envisaged you going, oh, God, I can't think of that. You nailed it. Yeah, well, I surprise people all me. the time. Surprise my wife every there night. There you go. Oh, what a lucky woman. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben, who replaced Johnny Lang as Sharks coach? Coach. Coach? Coach. Whom? Is this, for the, is this for the win for me? Because if he doesn't get this, then... No, this is third <laughs> question. We've got four, don't we? Yeah, yeah four I'll be two yeah. points ahead. Yeah. Ooh, that's... Oh, uh, we could go to a tiebreaker. Did you just name him before? Uh, John... Who? No. Uh, that's cheating. Gonna... That's cheating. I'm going to say Chris Anderson. Chris Anderson, correct. That's cheating. That's half a point, I reckon. That one didn't, what are you talking that about? That one didn't, <laughs> That's a separate question. That didn't one didn't count. end in uh, end well either. No, it didn't. No. No, it didn't. Mm, yeah, it yeah. did not. Yeah, Webby. Yeah. Who preceded <laughs> Warren Ryan as coach of the Canary Bulldogs? Who Ted pre- Glossop. Ted Glossop is correct. What, what, I'm, what, I'm good with the stuff in the 80s. Yeah. 
They reckon one. I was, bef- I was good until I started drinking. Yeah, that's when I it know. all it all blurs after. And you were like eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he was, they reckon a lovely man, Ted Glossop. Yeah, great. And Jizzo played a good style of football. Mm. The entertainers. Mm. Radio. To win it. Okay, Dana. to win it. To win it. Okay. Okay. Name the clubs that Des Hasler has coached. Manly, Bulldogs, and then Manly again. Oh, correct. Well done, then. Yeah, well, well done, Jim. Really? I'm going to fire the last question. Yep. Yeah, right sure. Shoot. Thank you. Easy. That was easy. Okay. Lucky you're what... such a gracious winner, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is an, I'm going to ask this one because this is a really great bit of trivia. You're welcome. <laughs> what is the only club in rugby league history to have three successive coaches as family members? Ooh, Lee. That is so tough. Three coaches, the three coaches in a row at this club. And three coaches in a row. And three all, coaches, and different all guys, family members. Like brother-in-laws and... Is it the sorry for that big pause? There. Uh, is it okay? I'm going to go the family club, mm. the it dogs. Is. You get on the right you, track. You got it. You nailed it. Yes. It was. I don't know who they it was, are. It was Anderson. It was Anderson <laughs> yep. Moore, uh, Folksy. And Folksy. Yep, of course. I mean, Chris Anderson, what was, Steve what Folksy, was the relationship? and Kevin Moore. Uh, Chris what? Anderson and Steve Folks were married to Kevin Moore's so sister. Oh, oh, right. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Interesting. Uh, is, wait, that, is that why they're called the family the family club? No, 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 no. that was way, yeah, that way was back, long, yeah, yeah, way yeah. way back. But it's part of the. Webby, I'm going to throw this one at you. Okay. This was the tiebreak. We're going to do this just for a bit of trivia. Sure, because you're a St George man, allegedly. <laughs> Who were the co-coaches when St George Illawarra became joint venture? Andrew Farrer. Yep. And David Wade. Correct. Well done, Weber. Wow. It's finishing a positive. <laughs> we'll take a break. <laughs> We're going to Namibia next with Search and Enjoy. Yes, and uh, it is time for Search and Enjoy. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. You know the song I was listening to all day yesterday, and it started with Johnny Cash's version, but I just went back to the U2 one. I just had enough distance from it to listen and go, my God. He got voted Rolling Stones of the greatest song of all time, and I agree. One by you two. Oh, is that a beautiful song? Incredible yeah. song. Mm. Yeah, he's a great. He's a great lyricist, isn't he? Johnny Bono? Cash. No, mate. Bono, no. mate. Bono. Bono. Yeah, Bono's yeah. great. No, he's a great. He's a mate, good... I am. I am all out on. Oh, sorry, I'm not a U two man. When he goes, uh, did you come here to play Jesus to the lepers in your head? Mm. To the other song, you know, hold me, thrill me, kiss me. Yeah. From the Batman. 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 There's a lyric in that. He goes, um, uh, uh, they think that you're Jesus and they'll go down on one knee, but they'll want their money back when you turn 33. Because, you know, oh, Jesus, yeah, Jesus was crucified at 32. There you go. Isn't that a lovely but you know, I think, I think, the, Edge, I think yeah. the Edge wrote a lot of their lyrics too. Yes. Well, credit to Edge too. Got new, the edge. Edge. Edgy lyrics. Who, now, who are they? <laughs> <laughs> edgy. Well, on the on the back of uh, our discussion, I think we mentioned it last week where we talked about um, Mad Max Fury Road being filmed in Namibia. Mm. I thought, hey, let's go to Namibia because I've Love been to it. Namibia, and yep. it's yeah, it's this little gem that not many people get to. 
it's on the southwest coast of um, of Africa, right next to South Africa. And um, you know, people only really go there for surfing on the Skeleton Coast. It's I know Jess Yates has been there. Has she? With because Luke, Luke, Luke was Luke. there's a oh. there's a spot on the Skeleton Love Coast, that guy. which is uh, famous for its um, famous for its surfing. Oh, it'd be she, sharky, it it, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Real mm. sharky. A lot of shipwrecks along the skeleton coast. Oh, Fergal Sharky. There's another great artist in lyricist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Irishman as well. Yeah. That's all right. And I think most people know Namibia because it's where um, that old 80s classic, The Gods Must Be Crazy, oh, yeah. was, was filmed because the, the sand bushmen, mm. um, which were the indigenous people of the area, uh, and the the search for the or throwing the coke bottle off into yeah off off the cliff, but um yeah, so that's what a lot of people know from um. Ben, from it's Libya. it's a great place to travel because I I like it's one place in Africa that hasn't been so riddled with civil war and things. No, it's very it's, a, se- it's settled. It's very safe and like it was the only place where I I flew into Vintuk. I went and hired a car, and I drove myself by myself six hours um, north. Just cruising along the highways. You creep. So it was, it was there. Because I went, I went up, there. Pick up any passengers? No, no. I, I had to slam on the brakes a few times. Because there's no law enforcement on the roads and such. Uh, you tend to clock, you know, 150 along the highways. Mm. And elephants, I found out, do walk across the road yeah, in right. front of you. So you just got to be a little ben, careful. Benny, so question. Like, you, so you go to South Africa. Yeah. And most people are living behind razor wire. You don't wander the streets. Yeah. Uh, Namibia? Like as far as just say petty crime and things like that. No, safe. I I found it totally different. Like Vintook is like it's it's like a big country town really compared to the beasts of like Joburg and stuff. Um, and it's really friendly. It's a really friendly city, and it's you know and you don't have that fear factor that you do traveling around some of the South African cities. Um, and it, you know it's I don't know. It's just got a different vibe. It's got a more of a as I said a more country town vibe. Um, than South Africa, but it's a. I was there to. I went up north and photographed um, and spent some time with the Himba tribe, mm-hmm. um, which sort of they border northern Namibia into southern Angola. What did they make of you? Uh, they thought I was pretty handsome. I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, right yeah there you yeah. go. Talk about like, yeah those <laughs> African countries. We went to Trish and I went to Zimbabwe, but we flew into Livingston, and Zambia, mm. and just crossed the border in. It was insane. It was so good, but. These two elderly women that were staying at the same place as us, they they flew into Harare, the capital, and drove to Victoria Falls. And they said when they got held up for the sixth time, they said, look, we lost all our money on the, the second time. And yeah. It was like, yeah, don't it's, do it. Yeah, like I've, I've, I've driven around a little, like, you know, have to drive 20 minutes this way or 20 minutes this way in different countries, but... I, I would definitely wouldn't yeah. like unless unless you were a really capable human being. Yep, I wouldn't I'm, get behind the wheel in uh, in most African nations. Well, we're going myself and my dear friend Brian Carney. Yep. we're going to Algeria Ooh. at the end of the year. Oh, we're going true. to southern Spain, getting the ferry across into Morocco and going into Algeria. Oh, be careful! And um, be careful. I can't wait. Constantine, mm. the city of air. Yeah. On two cliff faces. So you're going to go from Morocco, you're going to go across the desert into Algeria? No, we'll, we'll, we're going to go into, go across, we're going to go to Fes yep. and then fly into Tunis, from, no, no, for, to Algiers, Algiers and yep. go to Constantine. Will you be that. wearing a Fez? I got, uh-huh. I got a well, Fez in Fez. I've got it at you? home. Well, yeah. do, you know really? the, yeah. do you know the Fez hmm. is, wasn't 
like uh, didn't originate in Fest. It was Cape Town. Yeah. Because of that was Cape Town is such a windy city that people who went there to work realised that you know the capital is off, so the Fest, which of course has no peak. Which then, therefore, why? Why were What's it? the use? I know. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a wee little hat, but I've got it, we've got it sitting at home still. Remember, the, make the Grand Poo Bar. Remember? Uh, oh, exactly. <laughs> it was when, the when, you, when, you, when you go to Fez, um, the the tanneries in Fez, that's what it's sort of famous for, the leather tanneries. Yeah, right. And um, you go it's and you sort maze. of walk into the old, yeah, and it's a maze, and then you end up with all these guys are like dipping in. It's, it's incredible. Um, cool. Got a text message through, boys. It says, uh, from your experience, the best and worst airline to fly to Europe with. Oh. To, well, U- to Europe? Yeah. That I've, oh, well, Emirates was good. when we went, I went with Emirates. Yeah, so Emirates great. was good. Mm. Cathay Pacific are really good. Mm. Flew with them. Well, well, it's worst? Uh, no, best. Oh, best. Best, best and worst. Okay, I, f- I find the Henschke uh, flying business class to Singapore. <laughs> Airlines is quite, uh, quite good. Is that over $500? I don't know, but <laughs> I was with Buzz when I was drinking it. He, he said, <laughs> he said all, what he goes... Can you lay off the henchkey? You've asked for about eight refills. Where's <laughs> your buzz saying? Oh, yeah, buzz of all people. Mate, yeah. I'll tell you the worst one I flew with, coming back, terrible experience, coming back from Brian's wedding, Eddie had, was horrendous. Oh, really? They they bumped really? us. That, we, Who was it, sorry? We arrived, Eddie had. We were, we were to arrive home on, on uh, Christmas Eve, and we arrived at the airport, and they said, we've given you tic- tickets away. And we're oh, like, what? Heavy. And they're like, no, we go, right, stand aside, sir. And we're like, I'm standing there. Trisha's in tears. We've got to get back for Christmas. Yeah. Stand aside, sir, or we'll call security. So we had to go. We, they, we had to go and, and go into, like, the business lounge they put us. Oh, we're giving you a ticket for the business lounge. Oh, thanks. Ten hours. Oh. Oh, no. It's, it's then we jumped on the flight. What about this? It was basically a ghost flight. There were, oh. there, in the whole flight, there were about a dozen people on there. It was, and the service was so bad. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, they're like angry yeah. at you to serve you. They're like angry if you call them and ask for anything. Well, I, I was like, oh, you know, what would you like to serve? And there was like chicken, beef, and fish. It sounds like an episode of Flying High. Mm. I might go to the chicken. Oh, I've got no more of that left. <laughs> I went, there's 12 people on the flight. <laughs> so we don't have any left. And it was like, yep, you're asking for something. That's Why like, were they oh. so rude? Don't know. It was bizarre. Me and Trish, we got there. She goes, that was like, it was almost like a hidden camera thing. That was so bad, the whole yeah. experience. I, this this isn't to Europe, but one of the scariest flights I've been on was I flew Singapore to Ethiopia, to Addis. Yeah. And there's, a, there's and because you don't go, I cross land, it's really across sea. It's a long flight, and it was like 13 hours. And um, they only had, this was in 2010. So in modern planes, everyone should have their own little TV and stuff. They had one TV up the front of the plane. Oh, and no. they go, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're about to show our feature film. James Bond's The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, <laughs> and oh, the TV only half worked, so it sort of... Oh, no. Like oh, my God. 13 hours, and they just keep replaying it. No. <laughs> and that was, that was... I was sitting at the back of the plane, overnight flight, and I was just... Oh, oh man. Heading well, into Dubai this year, when we were going on our Europe trip... We were landing, and just as we were about to land, they took back off again. Oh, oh yeah. Nah. Oh, yeah, oh my fun. God. Yeah. Scared the hell yeah. out of me. We had, we had another flight. We were flying from um, Ghana into Ethiopia. Mm. Same thing in um, Ghanaian Airlines, and they were touching down, yeah. and then just went bang, 
and went like, and I was went, oh my god. We went, we like flew in into Joburg, well. yeah. And as we we're flying in, the guy kept coming up and they were asking, um, there's an Aussie guy, oh mate, you know, you know, uh, would you like anything to eat? And I, I eat and Trish, like, I'm just going to discipline myself, I'm not going to have anything to eat, you know. I've always, she does like to eat the airline food for whatever reason, and uh, and no, 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 and we just sensed there was a bit of kerfuffle, and a guy came up and just said, look, Mrs. Johns. You should eat something. She's like, oh, I oh, know I don't really. She goes, no, if you don't, when you get in the land in Joburg, that they, you'll be searched and whatnot for being a drug mule. I said, that's one of Why? the big giveaways. Ah. So if anyone's going to – no, so that was <laughs> yeah, – that that They're was, not fasting. They've yeah. got half a kilo they, of Colombian bang-bang yeah, strapped well, to their – That was one of the – that's num- – one of the number one routes no going into way. Joburg. Is that oh, yeah, right? right. Yeah. Wow. So if you're going to... Um, Eat uh, your chicken yeah, yeah. on the flight. Right, uh, we'll, drink, your, drink your henchki. On that uh, happy note, we'll, uh, we'll back soon with our tips. Yeah, okay. welcome back to the show. It's six o'clock tonight, boys. Mm. Uh, a couple of big games. First, after that, we've got uh, South and Parramatta, but the preceding game, Roosters versus the Dragons. The Jason Rolls Cup. Jason Rolls Cup. <laughs> how much How much do the Roosters need this win? Mate, both clubs, but you're right, yeah, the Roosters. Roosters more. You know, when a, co- when, a, when a coach has been sacked and, you know, you bring in the interim in and all the stuff's been going on about the Dragons, yet more eyeballs are on the opposition side, you know it's a big story. Well, I, the Dragons got nothing to lose. Yeah. After what happened to the Roosters last week, they've got uh, – I, I don't know what to say about the Roosters. Yeah. It's like it's that, it's that messy. Well, you, well, it's, I, it just seems like it's, 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 it seems like a very dysfunctional football team. Mm. Well, watching them, like, they're just trying – in my opinion, they're trying to do – well, that's not my opinion. For my eyeballs, they're trying to do too much. Mm. If you look at the way Penrith played them, Right, how Penrith have built their game in the last two weeks. Just feed the back rowers early, drop them off inside balls, inside balls, inside balls to burn the middles out and then start to take advantage of it. In the first set that the when the Roosters played the Panthers, they went up and they tried to do a short pass right in the defensive line in the first set. Error. Mm. See, that for me, that that's just a lack of patience and trying to football your way out of trouble. Mm. Oh, I, the Roosters is such a bizarre because they got such a well-run club. They got everything set up for success, you know, and yet there is just at the moment you can't see it on the footy field. And yeah. what do we say all the time is like winning starts in the front office. I feel like the front well, office is winning. Well, I'll tell you something, Dennis. There's been a lot of crap put on Brandon, mm. Brandon Smith, and people are like, oh, mate, the reason why you're not seeing the best of Brandon is their football's just sideways. Mm. The moment they start to straighten themselves up and get a bit of an upfield punch, you'll see the best of Brandon, you'll see the best of Manu and Tedesco. Yeah, it's it, it's just a, a strange situation. But, you know, a lot of people listen to my podcast get frustrated. They they are a side that when it clicks, it could be... Of course it would, yes. They could just decimate sides. Right, I will take a break and finish up with our tips. Yeah, brought to you by BizCover. Your uh, business insurance that will have your small business winning every time. Choose bizcover.com.au. Where have you got a tip for us over the course I of the do, weekend? I do, but now I've just lost it. Uh, Scalapini in, uh, in Doombin race number... Eight, number one. Okay. There I've go. gone Doom and race nine, number eight. J-Max, Mount Super Chilled. I, I am going Rabbitohs 13 plus. <sighs> Trail to score a double. Nice. Ben? Get on the Denver Nuggets to win the whole thing. Oh. NBA. 
Ooh, right, uh, there you go. That's all from us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy your weekend. Speak to you next week.